0: Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Ran Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode we're calling Switching It Up because, um, I don't know if you guys know, but Nintendo had a pretty big couple of weeks since our last episode. I mean... I mean, it's debatable. They put out a new Pokemon Sun and Moon demo, they revealed some financials, and they announced the NX. The NX? Which is now NX. The Nintendo Switch. NX. Oh, yes, now it's the NS. Yes. So they announced the NX, which is now the NS, which is now the Nintendo Switch, hence our episode title. So, um, I think like if there is one RAM Nintendo of this entire year for you to listen to, it would probably be this episode, because, like, it's not very often Nintendo announces a new console. So we have, of course, a full breakdown of all the stuff there is to know about the Switch and our takes on it. We also have some uh, stuff from Nintendo's financials and news on that. And we have Pokemon Sun and Moon news and hands-on impressions of the demo on this episode. So timestamps are up at RamTown.com if you want to jump to anything in particular. But really, we of course have to start with the Switch. Like, Like I said, it's really not every day or every year or every five years. Then Nintendo puts out a new console like this, let alone one that's been this heavily anticipated like it's been it's been a long time i, I should this down on my twitter but um saturi wada announced the nx in a financial briefing 583 days before they bothered to actually show off the thing in the form of the switch that we saw two weeks ago it's been that long we recorded 42 separate episodes of the random podcast between the time that true Wada first said the initials nx and the time that the switch trailer went live on youtube 42 episodes. That's like just shy of. That's like somewhere between a third and half of all our episodes. We're done in the time. Actually, more like a third. We're done in the time between the NX being announced and the Switch being revealed, which is nuts. Like, that's a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So, we're finally here now. And we finally know what the Switch is. And a very quick rundown if you somehow are out of the loop and listening, the Switch is. Exactly what all the rumors say it would be. It's exactly what we've talked about for the past year on the podcast, or at least the last six months or so. It's uh, a quick rundown. Is It's a tablet, has detachable controllers. These controllers, which have been given the strange name of Joy-Cons, can uh, slide on and off the side of the tablet for on-the-go gaming. Or you can attach them to this central controller device called the Joy-Con Grip to be able to play on your TV. Um, and then you put the tablet into what they call the dock, which is basically a cradle. So you can play on the go, you can play on your TV. It's all one system that plays one thing everywhere. And at its core, that's really all there is to it. It's a Nintendo gaming system. You play in two places instead of one.
1: Funny how, on the surface level, it looks very gimmicky, but it's actually not. It's just straight up just a gaming console. Just Mm -hmm. play games. No, I mean, at least for all we know, there could be, but I mean, as far as we're shown, it's just insert yeah. game play games no waggle no touch screen. at this point well that's oh, a funny oh, no, thing and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. like, from what we've from been what shown from Nintendo's shown it's us it's just controllers and games and yeah,
0: and, and you know what's kind of funny is even though it's that basic of a thing and we kind of knew that was those were the basics from the rumors like we've known for like six months that was going to be this tablet supposedly but even then we still didn't know we still currently don't know the full story but even knowing what we know now we didn't know the full story of those rumors at all in many many different ways like in the trailer did this really nice job of subtly confirming all these different scenarios and situations that you can use the switch that you wouldn't think of just from the rumors i mean i think there are like five different ways that you could play the thing um like half of them were these kind of solo experiences like oh hey you can play it on your tv or you can take it out of the dock in mid-game and it'll keep running the game and then walk around with it or you can uh Put on it has a little kickstand you can like put on a trade table on an airplane and play it there and detach the controllers and hold them in your hands, like Wiimote Nunchuck style, kind of. So it's, um, you know, these things where like, Oh, yeah, you pick it up, it's like outdoors and indoors, I get that, but we didn't really know, oh, kickstand, oh, detachable controllers, even on the go, you can use a pro controller, even on the go, or like perhaps the cooler stuff for multiplayer. Um, I would argue this is the most social Nintendo platform they've done yet, because when you're at home, it's just like the Wii U. It's just like the Wii. It's a thing on the TV, and you can have people all gather around the TV. But on the go, it does more multiplayer than 3DS or 3DS. Yeah, people will gather did.
1: around your little... Well, uh, it's not
0: just one, though, because you could basically have a portable lamp. party. You yeah, can, I connect... know,
1: like, oh, yeah, like, that rooftop yeah. party, I mean, they pretty much have. Oh, yeah, Karen. Yeah. Oh, Karen. Well, Don't well, bring I mean... your
0: Mario to the party, Karen. Well, That's I mean, my thought... favorite meme that well, you have. Well, I mean, was sometimes. playing
1: with her. I mean, she's not all to blame.
0: Yeah, but who, like... I mean, come on, let's say we were having a rooftop party, as we do, and we look across the way and we see our friend Karen in the window playing Mario. We're like, no, 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 put it down. Come come, hang out with us on the rooftop party because we're cool 20-somethings. And she's like, sure. And instead of just putting it down and coming over, she's like, I'm bringing it with me. And you're like, no, Karen, like, leave it there. We're over here being social. What are you doing? But it obviously worked out for her because she got a friend to play Mario with her. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, but the, the social stuff I think is very really cool because like, previously... If you're on the go, well, obviously at home it'll have online and all that, so it'll be like a traditional console, but when you're on the go, you can do these, like, mini LAN parties that you couldn't do with the 3DS or the DS or the Game Boy and that. Yeah, everyone could crowd around their one, everyone had their one system, you could stand in a circle and play, but now you kept have two people per screen, at least, and multiple screens, you get have this whole elaborate thing, where you can like, do something like they showed with Splatoon in the eSports scene, where you can, like, just have a whole bunch of Switches all hook up together and do, like, this big tournament or something like that. Like, it's it makes the concept of a land party, which, if you remember, like Double Dash, Mario Kart, Double Dash, let you do that, but no one ever did because it's such a hassle. It makes it so much easier. It's like the, it's less, it's less about like I feel like with the Switch, it's less about the gimmick of the controls and more about the gimmick of where you're playing and how you're playing. Like it's a total pivot in Nintendo's thinking because with DS, with Wii, with Wii, with 3DS, since I guess since 2004 with DS really. Um, Nintendo had this idea that like what they want you to, what the hook for their system is, what they want you to experience that's different and what's Nintendo, is how you interact with the games themselves. You know, dual screens, touch controls, motion controls, gimmicks, in other words. And they were great, but they are kind of gimmicks. But with Switch, at least at this point in what we know, it feels like the focus and in innovation is not like on... Changing the gameplay, that's just standard video gameplay. Like, if you've played a game, you know how to play these games, but it's on how you play it, where you play it, with who you play it. You're able to do it, like, differently. It's the extension of this whole gaming everywhere thing
1: we were talking about last episode, kinda. Mm. Well, I guess we still have to wait mm-hmm. to see how powerful it is, because I feel like that. Yeah. I mean, if they're bringing it back down to just simply gaming, then I don't know, I still have to. We can't have like a, what's that thing? The, I guess a Dreamcast situation? Oh. I guess it's a little reverse this time because we're starting underpowered out of the gate, presumably. Yeah. We don't know. Well, it's for sure not PS4 power.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the, the chip set that's rumored to be in there later, but it's for sure not PS4 powered.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, this is one of those things that we just have to wait and see, but third party support. While it sounds like a more promising venture this time around, it, I don't know. It Something about it... I don't know, it just feels like we're going to be still missing out on a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks that that's just the situation, but... But I, I think, like, the potential's
0: there more, because, like, they can bill it as... It, I mean, it's basically what the Wii U was supposed to be, in the logic of, um here's this thing that, like, you play on TV, you play off your TV, but now instead of being tethered by 30 feet, or 10 feet, or 5 feet, you can literally go... Someone made the joke on Twitter that's like, the alone form of the Wii U, <laughs> Basically, which it is. It, it's like if you look at the old Wii U prototypes that were in the Iwata Ask interviews from years ago, it was literally a tablet with two remotes stuck on the side, and that's all this is. So, so do you think
1: this thing? Um, I mean, I guess the dock itself. I mean, it has to have. It obviously has a like Wi Fi somewhere to connect to the internet. Yeah. But do you think the outside version will have? Do dock for like a three G version or something like that? See that I own. Because I mean, that feels
0: like it would make sense. It obviously has a Wi Fi chip. Because it could do local multiplayer.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, it seems like with how hard they're pushing, playing anywhere—it kind of want to be 4G. always connected, but also battery would but suck it, that it's, much yeah, more. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because like 4G is now such a standard in every tablet. It, it definitely seems like something that would be option. standard, um, like on the next iteration, like something that I guess is just more evolved. Yeah, but I don't. know, I mean, this is the first of its kind. Yeah, it is. So, it is. I mean, yeah, I was wondering if there was something that I just never heard of, but, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. I like that Nintendo does that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. that, they, And like I
1: said, I think it's really cool that they're like,
0: instead of just being like, here's another way to play video games that may or may not work out. Let's focus on what we know works. There's just, here's just more ways to play this Yeah, exactly. Because Nintendo's king of social gaming. I think that's safe to say that they are the social gaming system. You don't have a party where people crowd around PS4 the same way you can have a party where people crowd around Nintendo Land, Mario, Kart. how that. that
1: gets? I mean, yeah. each controller That's genius. my point.
0: Yeah. So Nintendo's like king of this. And regardless of what third party stuff happens, which we'll cover later, regardless of what the power is, which we'll cover later, what they have done is gone, we're taking what works well for us and we're extrapolating that in like a different way than we've ever... like we They used to be like, oh yeah, what works well for us is our games. So we're going to take our games, we're going to do new things with the games. And they're like, you know what? The games work on their own. And that's not the problem. The problem is maybe where people are playing them or how we can get more people playing So let's not do the gameplay stuff and let's focus on where the gameplay occurs. so
1: yeah, Even if it's just around the house, that's just really awesome. Because yeah, I love I using agree. the gamepad on the couch, on the bed. Um, especially now more than ever with... Always being addicted to Overwatch. Oh right, you like, never get your TV. I, it's fine because it's your TV, but he totally. I pretty ju- much um, don't really have it. a TV, so I just play like from the gamepad, like yeah. I just grab a controller. So this is kind of perfect. Yeah, I mean, and even for me, like, because
0: there are times that like I could play the Wii U just fine, but it's like, eh, I'd rather sit in a different room on a different couch. Yeah.
1: As we were like telling one of our friends that I guess didn't really see the, I guess how great that feature is because it's something you don't really appreciate until you actually start using it. It does not even sound Very like true. something. Doesn't even really sound like a selling point. It's like, oh, I could play in front of my TV. Like, why don't I just use the TV? But <laughs> once you have it, like, it's, I don't know, it's awesome. There is one potential sticking
0: point or a like downside with the Switch, though, I think. We're, we know it, like this whole concept is great, but I think the compromise that was needed to make those little Joy Con controllers, like, they're kind of ridiculously tiny. It's almost as if, like, it kind of feels like the NES Classic Edition was to condition us into this idea that, like, oh, hey, small Nintendo things
1: are fine. Well, like, like the Famicom a, one? Yeah.
0: Or, like, even the NES Mini. It's like, well, look how adorable it is. We're going to yeah, miniaturize but, everything. <laughs> but don't,
1: um... It comes with normal controllers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the NES Mini still has normal-sized NES controllers. Yeah, it's but ma- mainly the, the Famicom. Yeah, yeah that one has but, a... Tiny but even the
0: NES one, it's just like, oh look, tiny Nintendo things. These are great. So you don't think like, ah, oh, wait, but the controllers are going to be tiny on the Switch now too. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, more of an offhand. Yeah, thing
1: and, else, and I'm sure they're. I mean. They don't look comfortable, but I'm sure they're comfortable. I mean, they have to obviously have playtested these There's things. There's just,
0: like, weird things, like, so if you're stuck with the right... It's, it's
1: like the gamepad. Like, I thought, like, how's that thing going to be feel on your hands? But then when you hold it, it's like, wow, it's so ergonomic it's and funny everything. It's because the gamepad, I did not have that thought at all, because I saw that
0: ridiculous ridge on the back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's to rest your fingers on. I get it. That makes total sense. So never, the gamepad never concerned me. These little guys, the Joy-Cons, which, by the way, again, Joy-Con, weird name. These little guys kind of concern me, because, like... So, if you're doing two-player and you hand someone one of the Joy-Cons... The phone is ringing.
1: Huh. Hold the phone. We will. And there it is. All
0: right. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Nintendo calling to say stop dissing the name Joy-Con and to follow up by saying also their ergonomics shut up and move on. But we will not, Nintendo, because we don't know they are until we try them. But um, no, what I was going to say is... Uh, if you look at them when you take the two out... Like, if I'm playing and you're playing on the same tab on the same Switch tablet... With a set of two controllers... You do not hold them the same way. Player one has a joystick or a control stick on the far left. Player two, you have to, like, reach into the joystick. They're literally different. And I don't know how comfortable that would be... If you have to reach across the controller for the joystick... Or if you have to, like... You know, um, try not to get hand cramps... Because the controller is the size of, like... A tiny, tiny thing... It's just I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. They might end up being uh, ergonomic, but like the new 3DS can give me hand cramps because of its weird shape that you have to hold it with. So I'm wondering if we're going to see see a similar issue with uh, with the nice. with the Switch. Also, if anyone's wondering why I keep, like, sort of, like, stopping in the sentence, I'm watching him literally rip apart the phone so it doesn't ring again. He took out the batteries, he unplugged the base.
1: <laughs> well, because it's a wireless phone, I realized that the base mis- th- um, The ring was coming from the base. Yeah. and since we have another phone in the living room, that w- it would probably still ring anyway, so I had to take out both. But see, this just shows you guys how we're just like you. It's election season, and the calls are through the roof for everyone. Us, too.
0: Uh, but <laughs> we're not special. But, yeah, I don't know, the ergonomics just seem, like, I feel like they're going to work out.
1: I'm just wondering how the shoulder, shoulder buttons will be. I mean, if any. Yes, that's a good question. Because that's one of the... I mean, you can't do Smash Bros. with two little tiny things if you don't have shoulder buttons. Okay. Well, here's the problem. I guess oh, like, technically the, you can, but... Here's the weird thing about shoulder remote. buttons. So when you play it on the tab, when the Joy-Cons are connected to the main tablet,
0: they are held vertically. And there are shoulder buttons at the top of them, correct? Like, yeah. in their vertical position. I think push. there's two, right? Yes. But when you turn it 90 degrees, these shoulder buttons that are at the top are now either on the left or the right of the controller, like bumpers almost. So do they have hidden shoulder buttons in the part that slots in so you can, when you hold it sideways, actually have shoulder buttons? Or do you have to, like, hit it with the palm of your hand somehow?
1: I mean, I guess you technically only need to use one, but... Still it's it's weird. Definitely weird Yeah. And there's also another I mean, thing, there's, there's no I mean they were demonstrating it with Mario Kart. I mean obviously Well they didn't it, really it's... show shoulder buttons, they just showed their finger oh, no. wrapping around something. Oh no, I know, I know. But um I mean just, just the fact that they were playing Mario Kart, which is a very drift heavy game for yeah. the shoulder buttons, like like I'm just hoping they I mean, they have to have thought of this. It's like I'm sure they have. It's just one of these things where it's like Nintendo was very picky about what they chose to
0: show in the trailer, and they did it very subtly. They answered so many questions subtly, like, "Oh, hey, you could play it outside. Yes, you can. Multiple ones can hook up. Yes, they can. All these things you wouldn't think about. They just sort of inserted. You would think they'd do one shot where like the camera swings over the controller and you see what's going on on it, but nope. Yeah. which is intentional. Sure. It's the other with
1: Nintendo, I guess. Yeah.
0: The other potential issue: there is no D pad for the first time since the NES on the, the, the standard fifth, controller. Thing? Oh yeah, it's a plus button. Yeah. So, speaking of maturizing things that Nintendo likes to do now, the D-pad is like the size of a fingernail. But, um, no, seriously, there's no D-pad for the first time since the NES. Instead, they went with the face button configuration that kind of looks like the C buttons on an N64 controller, which worked. But so you, it's you, so you pretty much
1: have symmetrical controllers. Yeah, it's yeah. for
0: symmetrical multiplayer, obviously. But it's just like, that's strange. To not have a D-pad, Nintendo patented that thing. They are so proud of it. Like, they don't have their D-pad. It's weird. Well, I mean... It'll be fine. gotta do what they gotta do. The Pro Controller comes with it. We should say that. Like, the Pro Controller, which it turns out... This is actually kind of cool. works when you're playing on the TV or on the go. It can work either way. And it comes with a full D-pad. And it actually looks really comfortable. They went with the um, asymmetric Xbox-style control stick setup. And it looks like it's gonna be really nice. But, yeah, that's currently the only way to use a D-pad. But I wonder if, like... These things are modular, in a way. I mean, Nintendo's not outright saying it, but if you can slot off a controller, you can slot on a different controller. We talked about this during the rumors at one point, that they may make different types of controllers, and I wonder if there's going to be a D-pad controller. Like, you buy the new Mario, and it comes with a special Mario Edition right Joy-Con that has a well, D-pad yeah, you know,
1: five, they're going to do, like, anniversary, like, switch yeah. it. Like, oh, here's the Pokemon one, the Zelda one. Yeah,
0: instead of redesigning the system in different colors, they can just do the controllers in different colors. Yeah, and yeah. I guess,
1: technically, they could... Just sell bases? Yeah, in theory. Mm. Well, no,
0: those probably have some Those have some tech in them. They have at least two USB slots, it looks like. Mm. And obviously it has the HDMI. Oh, yeah, it has to have all that stuff, yeah. But but they could. I mean, it costs yeah. a little more,
1: but they could as a like, collector's thing. Which mean, brings up one of my little mini concerns. Like, now that we're back into, I guess, the beginning of a new console era for Nintendo, I'm going to think that situation where, like, all right, do I just get a day one like we usually do? Or do I wait this time for the special edition ones that always come out? Like, well, how long how long is that wait going to
0: be? That's the question. I don't know,
1: but I mean, with every single console that's come out, there's always been an addition that I would have definitely gotten if I had just waited. I like, guess it depend on the launch lineup, huh? like the red, like the red Wii. Like I thought, it would really, right. really nice. Right. Um, well, that was the Wii Mini. Just to be clear, that was a
0: Wii that was literally missing features. That's fine. At that point, it didn't really matter. But at that point, you already had a Wii that had those features. Yeah. Would fair. you go in without ever having online on a Wii and be like, yeah, I don't need online, and buy the Wii Mini, or I will need? All the. Yeah, you didn't even have access to the Wii Shop. Wait,
1: are you sure that one was a Wii Mini? I don't think so. Oh, wait, no,
0: they had. You're right. They had a regular Redmi. Mi. Yeah, they had a regular Redmi. The one red I'm thinking of came with the Mario, Mario Kart, and. A, the one that I'm thinking of. Mario. Yeah.
1: That's
0: the, right, but then the Wii the Mini, the 25th that came anniversary out two years one. later, was also. Yeah, great. that was the one that yeah. came
1: with Mario Kart pre installed or yes, something. Yes, it did. Yeah, they didn't even have a disk drive, didn't it? Oh! No, it had, it had the top load. Yeah. It had the uh, top load like a GameCube. Point is, yeah, that's that. So,
0: but no, I mean, that's an interesting point, but. I don't know... See, I don't know if they're going to do special consoles, because, like, I guess they can, They've never the tablet, not done them. Yeah, well, yeah, but I Even if like for the Wii true. U, they had the Zelda... But we'll what's different is, like, it's a tablet, basically. The core of it's a tablet, and, like, the whole front's just a screen. What are they going to do? Change the frame of the bezel? I mean, Change the
1: bezel to, like, neon pink? Well, I mean, that doesn't really stop them from doing stuff like that with the 3DS. The front, they just... Usually just keep entirely black, that's and then true. the back is... So well, guess, all the color Yeah, I guess they could just make the back different Yeah, colors. the back could just have... I don't know, unless it's, like, changeable, exchangeable plates like the new 3DS? Yeah, uh, I don't think they're going to do exchangeable. It's an extra part. But they will definitely color them differently,
0: I guess. I honestly think modular controllers, they're going to focus more on that, is my opinion. I think the tablets going to be basically the same. Maybe they'll do, like, what Apple does and be like, here's four different colors. rose gold, pink. I
1: hope they uh, at least have two colors. I mean, they probably won't. But, I mean, really... they may. They could do, like, because right now it's kind of like a slate black like a slate gray i mean the wii came it's, it's gonna be like gray
0: and dark black well here's the thing if it makes you feel any better they are supposedly making different bundles this is a rumor they're gonna have different bundles at different prices with different stuff so i imagine much like the wii u they're gonna distinguish which one you have by the color it is although on the flip side they phased out the white wii u very quickly in america because like it only took like a year so maybe not hmm. and the, the, one that the was white was one was literally there basic to get one. you to get the black one thing. yeah when pretty, pretty much I, like
1: the horrible price, everything about it, it's terrible. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's, and it's like, it's the colors going to get dirty, why would I get that? But, um, but I did want to kind of mention the modular controller thing for a minute. Because that, to me, is going to be a bit of a cash cow. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is because Tatsumi Kimishima, uh, Nintendo's global president, was interviewed by Bloomberg following the announcement of the Switch just in the last few days. And he kind of directly indicated that they're doing it. There are going to be add-ons and accessories for the switch that're going to play a big role in the console, and I assume this has to be modular controllers because like have, if it's attaching anything to it, it's through those side slots. The dock doesn't has a USB port, but like all the attachments have to work on the go so they have to be able to hook in directly to the tablet right yeah. so he said that the first trailer was quote by no means or by no means was everything it's the exact quote I guess, and then went on to say it may be appropriate to call them accessories. It may be better to call them add-on hardware. It's probably more correct to call them accessories. You can assume that there will be a, uh, a wider array. Uh. In other words, moderate controllers. <laughs> like, what else could that mean? A wider array of are hot, uh, add-ons that may be called accessories.
1: Oh, man, that could potentially get annoying. Can you just imagine, like, a drawer just full of, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to play this game. Where's my yeah. my steering wheel? Have yeah, steering well, wheel? hey, th- here's the
0: thing. If you look at what Nintendo's history, it worked well for the or Wii. Or my
1: fishing rod. It what? worked
0: well for the Wii, sort of. People got fed up with it. But, like, they can definitely sell a few. And it would resolve issues oh. like the D-pad. And it would resolve issues like the custom special editions. It kind of hits all the points, and honestly when they first um when when we first talked about this rumor that you can have different types of controllers, like I don't know, I think it was like July or August. Um, we both, I think, were like, Oh God, imagine like what if you lose your controller? Like what if you lose half the controller? What imagine the hassle of having to switch them all the time? Then I saw the chair, I'm like, Well if it's that easy to slot on and off and you're doing it and you're gonna be conditioned into doing it so much every time you come home and leave with your switch, is it that much harder to be like well, I got my WarioWare Bop-It Spinner attachment. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, I got my Pokemon Snap Shutter as that one guy's uh, concept sketches that resurfaced yeah, yeah. show. Like, I, it doesn't seem... It can very quickly get very bad if, like, every game comes with its own custom controller. They're gonna do something. But, like, if it's only a handful... Like, if it's Smash Bros and you get two halves of a Wave Bird that you put on each side and then it replicates the GameCube experience just stretched out... That that wouldn't be
1: horrible. Wouldn't it I don't make think. more sense for them to just. I mean the um, the GameCube adapter uses a USB port, and the thing has a USB port, so it kind of. It's there. Work. You
0: could, but then how would you do it on the go?
1: Um, also, we don't know if it's just USB don't. A or USB
0: C. The uh, the ones on the on the on the Switch. Well, I'm guessing. it... I've heard rumors that at least on the physical Switch, like the actual tablet, it's going to be a USB C port, which is great for me because all my devices I'm buying seem to be moving in that direction. But um. Yeah, I think it might be C. A is kind of falling to the wayside. Now you can get an A to C adapter, and in theory, plug the GameCube controller into the
1: adapter into the dock into the Switch. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, considering how many people, I mean, do they want any chance of Smash Bros. still being big? They kind of have to keep. They have to make the GameCube controller work. Well, i not saying they could do the modular? Yeah, but you, I mean, you know, that's not going to fly with a lot of people. Like, it just because no kind of the space difference. Yeah, like just like the way you hold it, or I mean, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, they
0: would have to. Well, I mean, hey, if no, they can not, do a, if they can do a pro controller, it's not that hard to do a wireless game controller. Basically, wave break. Well, now I guess, I mean,
1: I guess it actually wouldn't feel that different if you have it on the. I guess that con the I guess the, the controller grip, skeleton the Joy-Con grip yeah the Joy-Con grip yeah what a what's with this naming this time around Joy-Con I guess it's a joyful controller
0: but like you could just call it the controllers or mm. like the I guess that would get confusing
1: too well, I guess people talking yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess it could. You're right. It could work maybe through the grip,
1: or they could do a Pro Controller method. I They're, mean, they could just release a new Pro Controller that's literally just a GameCube controller. Yeah, or that's what I'm, people yeah. would just get used to the the NS Pro Controller. I mean, yeah. which is what I'm going to do because I mean the Switch Pro Controller.
0: The Switch Pro. Controller. You called it N. I was doing that so much. I said N S. Oh, oh, if I said N X. Sorry. Oh no, no, my bad. Um, now the real question becomes, though, let's say they do all this. Let's say they do release a pro controller. That's basically a weight bird. Let's say they do modular controllers. So the next time you play, I don't know, the next time you play Mario Kart, there's like a big air horn on the side so you can hog. I don't know. Let's say they do that though. How are we going to start to have to accept the fact that you can buy a game standalone and just use the lack of a D-pad Joy-Con, um, or you pay experience? a premium and get the other? Or is it going to be like Mario Kart Wii where they gave you a free Wii wheel at $60? Like, mm. what's the line that can be drawn? I feel like, for me, certainly not every game I want one mm. of these controllers for, but, like, Maybe. I would pay a premium for a couple. Like, WarioWare, if they did that. Like, I mean, when WarioWare Twisted came out on Game Boy Advance, that was a
1: special cartridge with accelerometers. I mean, it was you know, premium you, price. Well, you're just going to get whatever add-on controllers Nintendo releases, like, through first party.
0: Yeah, but all of them? Like, I hope they
1: don't do too many. That's well, I mean, amazing. I don't see why you wouldn't get them all. I mean, if, like, Kirby comes out with, like, Like a vacuum? (laughs) It could could be anything. I mean, they're all presumably would be pretty different. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some good ideas. That guy with the sketches... um,
0: So back when this rumor first surfaced, there's a guy who sketched out these potential modular controllers. And the media only... Like, the, the tech media only noticed it after... Um, after, you know, these comments and everything came out. But there were some... He had some good ideas. Like, he had a Crazy Warrior thing. He had a Pokemon Snap Shutter. He had the, the Wave Bird cut in half. He had a gun with a... Yeah, for, like, Resident Evil or something. Like, it was just a gun... Like, a... Gun Z, trigger. Yeah, a gun trigger. Basically, N64Z button. Like, we, we have a link on the blog if you're curious about the sketches. So you can go look at those folks listening at home. But... Or on the go. Wherever you're listening. Because, like, the Switch, you can listen to... You can... We can be played anywhere. But, um... Wow, that's a good tagline when the Switch comes out. Ran Nintendo, I like the Switch, we could be played anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, um... yeah, like, there's only so many you can have. What's the point I to get? Like, he had cool ideas, and we're
1: thinking of, like, seven other
0: ideas since then,
1: but, like, there's got to be a limit. I, I third party's going crazy with them. Like, the yeah. like Skylanders or something. Yeah, well, see,
0: because that almost makes
1: sense, is you can, like, have a vertical... Oh, no, that doesn't make sense. How do you do a vertical Skylander portal? Um, Well, you don't need the portal. You would just... Each toy would come with, like, a side of the controller or something. Oh, God,
0: that sounds... See, that just sounds ridiculous. Because
1: each character controls differently. Like, oh, someone might have, like, a... I don't know, like, a spinner, because that's one of their abilities, or... Yeah. Someone might have, like, a flicking stick. A flicking stick? That's what they'll call it, the flicking stick. Hey, did you get the new Skylander with the built-in flicking stick? I mean but Angry Birds will have like a little
0: thing shot. I some of it could be cool. It's, I obviously saw this were embellishing a little, but like we do know I feel like I say this at least once every two episodes. Nintendo loves to sell plastic. They make so much revenue off that plastic. So I think the modular control are just gonna be a thing. Um speaking of Nintendo's love of selling plastic, however, there's a separate thing I've been wondering about with the Switch. Uh, so, Nintendo confirmed to IGN the day the Switch was announced that, of course, the Switch is supporting Amiibo. They had Amiibo shown in Karen's apartment in the trailer. And uh, they didn't show her using it, but it was there, kind of alluding, like, yeah, it'll work. And then they got the confirmation. Um, quite frankly, they need it to work. Or they need to give up on Amiibo. Because here's, here's a fun little fact. So, according to Nintendo's financial report, the one we'll be talking about later in the show... Amiibo sales are down this year due to what Nintendo is saying is a... Uh, what, what a surprise. I know. It's, it, here's here's the shocking reason.
1: It's almost as if like, no one cares anymore. It's
0: Nintendo says it's because they haven't released any games that support them, which is also true. They yeah. haven't. There's been Mario and Friends Amiibo Challenge. That's the end of
1: that sentence. That's all there's been. <laughs> like in terms of Amiibo requiring their, games. they their game that... It's going to use them for... Yeah, that's the one that we're all right? like, oh,
0: finally, there's Skylanders. Can be like some
1: announcement that they're like, creating a game
0: specifically for Amiibo? Yeah, and, and we had pipe dreams that it'd be like an RPG where you scan them in to build your team, but yeah. in reality, it was just, we can unlock levels with Yoshi. Great. But um, point is, they don't have games for it. So the sell-through to retail... I'm surprised In did put this stat out there. The sell-through to retailers, so just retailers saying, yes, we will stock your Amiibo, we will buy X amount of Amiibo to put on our shelves, dropped from 10.6 million during last year's summer period of July to September, to three point eight million this year. That is a huge drop.
1: That's more than half. Wow, so they they're trying to get
0: rid of them. Do you know how like have I you know seen how many are going for like a buck? I know. I got Tom Nook at full price. I could have bought him for like under a dollar now. Yeah. It's really it's really sad. Not just for Nintendo, but for me as someone who just spent twelve dollars on Tom Nook. <laughs> but I know, even I feel ripped off at five bucks now. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah that's right, you got him at five bucks. But I imagine my point is if there's a point amiibo on Switch, I imagine they're going to have to do it in a really big way. Because if they don't, Amiibo's just dead. It's already on the way of being dead. So the question kind of becomes like, okay, they are supporting Amiibo. Where do you scan them? There's no... the screen. Just like on the 3 screen, Just like the
1: new 3
0: d Okay, it could be that. I was gonna think it could also be the center of the grip. Oh, I guess it would have to be both. Because if, if you're at home, you need to do I it, mean, away it has from to the be, screen. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it would be the center of the grip yeah. and then on the screen. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, yeah.
0: good. I'm glad we settled that. All right, next topic. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it. I feel like that kind of is indicative of a bigger problem with the NX, or sorry, the Switch, actually, and that is there's a lot we don't know. Um, of course, Nintendo's know, the
1: whole messaging system that friend system. Will there be a good I one? Know, it's probably just my Nintendo. They first. could easily mess that up. I mean, they get better every time. Like the Wii U was, it wasn't great, but. You know I just thought it was so close. Like you needed real-time notifications of like actually yeah. what you were getting instead of a blinking light. Well, here's, here's that's so helpful. Here's the good
0: news: D, DNA is in the guys that are doing the My Nintendo account backend for Nintendo. Uh, you know, D E N A, but pronounced DNA. Um, they are doing a lot of the account infrastructure for the N or N S. Look how I caught myself there. For the Switch, they are doing the backend for the Switch. That means people that know how real-time notifications work are doing the Switch uh, account stuff. And as we saw with Mitomo and as we saw, as we're going to probably see with Mario Run, they understand push notifications, and they understand the importance of knowing things immediately. So, my gut feeling is they're going to get this
1: right. Man, imagine every game you put in, like, would you like to receive notifications from this game? Oh, God. Like, every few minutes. Press
0: yes, to allow co- the Joy-Cons to work with this game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it's actually kind mm-hmm. of interesting. not played in a week. If, even if, that would be actually kind of... Yeah, if it was tracking that. No. Uh But, lucky for you, even if the notification system doesn't work, there's an alternative option. Mitomo's getting an update for one-to-one direct messaging through your Mees. They announced it in the financial briefing. They didn't say how it would work, but it's going to be a fun nintendo version of messaging. So, mm. worst case scenario, if you want to message a friend on your NX or Switch, you just say, sorry, let me go get my phone. You go get your phone, you open Mitomo, which is now has cobwebs on it, literal cobwebs, and then you... Um, you know, send them a me message or whatever, and then they go, oh, my phone's in the other room, I can't answer this, and then you never get
1: hear back from them, and that's the end. At this point, you might as just might have send them a regular text. Yeah, yeah. now I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a using message Using all the, system. the iMessage new features. Yeah, but I
0: think message messaging system aside, I think there's a, there's a ton we don't know. Like, for everything we know, there's at least leaders. two things we don't know, and yes, I think Meverse will make the jump. I, I have no yeah. other thoughts. I just, yeah. like it's a big thing for them. Like I don't think they might they're gonna refine it. I think and I think they're gonna clean up some of the It, has hands stuff on it right now on the website and on the oh, not okay. in the Wii hmm. But I think they're gonna clean it up. They're gonna streamline because quite frankly, screenshot album, play journal, and like status update or whatever the three are like that's really convoluted and confusing. Like
1: they're gonna a lot.
0: You could. It was better before they did the revamp where they forked everything. The one cool thing I just discovered actually is your screenshot album saves to the cloud. So, or, not right to the cloud, but basically, if you save a screenshot to the screenshot album, only you see it, but then you can go to the website and then save the screenshot to your computer. It's in both places. It's not saved to the Wii U locally or saved to the 3DS locally. It's actually on Nintendo's server, so you can access it
1: through your web profile, too. Oh, well, I mean, that's always been the case, because I remember. That was if you posted it publicly, but Screenshot oh, gotcha, Gallery gotcha, gotcha, is private for gotcha, yourself, gotcha, gotcha. so that's kind of cool.
0: I didn't know you could do that. Because um, oh, okay. I used to occasionally post to Miiverse just so I could get the screenshot to put to Twitter. But now yeah. now I can just ignore Miiverse entirely. I mean, has anyone noticed that we stopped giving our Miiverse handles at the end of every episode? Like, 8, 10, 12 episodes ago? Like, Miiverse is kind of... They need to do something to revamp it, but I don't think they're going to throw it out the window yeah,
1: entirely. Yeah, I, I definitely really liked it and used it a lot in the beginning. Same. Like, I even did a post a day on Monster Hunter for a while. I remember like... that, yeah. It's like a
0: Monster Hunter journal, but almost. But then I just stopped? Yeah. Because, it's like, it's weird because there was no, like... There's kind of a central feed, but not but it like what didn't have much on and if you post in the individual community as mark a forum that was like anything else so it got buried really fast, so it was kind of they they figure out ways to boost engagement, basically
1: I mean, not to mention just I don't know I guess going through a website which it's, this essentially is like using a controller is never that fun
0: well, that's why see that's why the I mean, gamepad
1: like, worked pretty decently, yeah well yeah, but even then um I don't know just like, like I guess I'm just comparing it to, like, mouse and keyboard, but... Yeah. Well, what's I mean, nice, I, mean I mean, there's no way to, like, I guess, bring that over. I mean, I guess you could do, like, a USB keyboard. Well, I mean, no. the PlayStation can well, but... Well, I
0: mean, hey, it's no different than access- accessing Twitter or Instagram on your phone. And that's what's nice is, rumor has it, the, uh, the Switch is going to have a touchscreen, which would resolve this completely. And then, at least when you're on the go, how you do it at home would be another thing. We'll get to that in a second, though. Um,
1: The Joypad. It's just a separate pad for... No, I mean, it, has it has its touch stuff. It has its own built-in touch screen, supposedly. Oh no, when you're at home because it's oh, on oh, the box. Oh, we'll,
0: we'll get to that in one sec. I just want to say real quick before we do that, we will get so every so that's what we know about NX or about Switch. Um, there's more that we don't know than we do know. So as we've gotten accustomed to since we started talking about the Switch, and it was still the NX. Um, we're just going to go with unofficial sources because they end up being right most of the time. So <laughs> it's a lot of the same sources we had in the past. So, you know, it's been 583 days of us speculating on official sources and it came true. So we might as well keep doing it with rumors about touchscreens and how mm-hmm. it would work at home and the power of the system and that sort of thing. So from a hardware perspective, we're shifting a little from, like, what Intel has told us to what we're hearing. That said, it is worth noting, January 12th, 2017, we are getting all the official information on the Switch... So Ooh, we're going to get away. price, we're going to get launch lineup, we're going to get specs, we're going to get hands-on, public hands-on sessions starting in Japan at Tokyo's big something. Like, literally the venue's called, like, the big place or something like that. And it looks like this mothership, it's like this crazy square structure. And honestly,
1: at this point... I mean, since you know that's when you're going to get all the information, if you just literally want to stop hearing about all these rumors and just like shut yourself out. Well, don't tell yeah. them to turn off the podcast.
0: <laughs> but yes, you can. You can. Or you can jump ahead in the timestamps to when we get to third-party news because that's back into official news. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dip into rumors for a minute while we talk hardware and then we'll go over software, which again, don't turn it off completely, just jump to software. But no, the touchscreen things, since we were talking about that. I think that's probably the, the most reliable of these rumors and that's because it comes from Eurogamer. And Eurogamer, as you may recall, were the ones that not only reported what the Switch would be with the detachable controllers and the touchscreen, but had the sketches to prove it. This was, I want to say, June, July, August, somewhere around there, mm. where we basically got the final form of the Switch, courtesy of these rumors. Mm. So they're coming back now, and they're saying, hey, we've heard there will be a 10-point multi-touch screen on there. It's six point, That screen you see on the Switch is 6.2 inches. It'll be 10-touch p- multi-point, which is a big departure for Nintendo, They've always had a resistive screen on the on the DS, the Wii, U, and the 3DS, where you can use one point, and it's pressure-based. Yeah, They're yeah. now switching to what every other touchscreen on the face of the earth does, which is capacitive, and it's like an iPhone or an Android tablet or whatever. So by doing that, Nintendo will have a better touchscreen, but of course it does open up the question that you asked of what happens on your TV... Do they make an accessory because um, there's literally a hunk of plastic blocking the touchscreen. Even if you didn't want to put it in the dock and then touch the screen while you're looking at the TV, you I mean, can't. It's blocked.
1: I mean, I guess, a solution. I guess that's one of the things for... Um...
0: Wait, you said they have a solution? They have a solution. Oh. According to Eurogamer, who, again, they got it right with everything else, the right Joy-Con has a little strip of black plastic at the bottom. You may see it in the chair if you freeze it at the right moment. And that little strip of black plastic is actually... An IR thingy, an IR pointer, just like the Wii, it will be able to do basic pointing stuff. So how it will work is when you supposedly when you and now combine this with another rumor that I heard um, from another source. Uh, it wasn't Emily Rogers; it was there's another person who got everything right going into it named Laura Davis. She runs uh, Let's Play Video Games.com. We never really talked about her, but because Emily Rogers and her were usually lockstep with their rumors, but she went into a little more detail and said this. But basically. On the top of the Switch, supposedly, are two little infrared receivers or, like, lights or whatever, like how the Wii worked with the sensor bar. And then this little infrared pointer on the bottom of the right Joy-Con will read those and kind of get a triangulation. And you will be able to use the right Joy-Con in a vertical position like a Wiimote. So anything that is touch when you're on the go is, like, pseudo-touch when you're at home and you just use a pointer to virtually touch things on the screen instead of using your finger on the touchscreen. Hmm. That's their solution, supposedly. And that is actually extremely smart. I feel like.
1: Wow.
0: I mean, it, it solves the issue completely. Because you can't have... We had this whole rumor last episode that luckily turned out to be false from Boogie... What's-his-name on, Twitter, on uh, YouTube? Where it might be literally different gameplay experiences on the go and at home. Like, it'd be like a mobile experience oh, when yeah. you're somewhere else, but it would be the console experience at home, which Nintendo luckily sh- shied away from. Which um, can
1: still happen. I mean, someone could literally oh, yeah, a design company. a game that's... Like, it just won't really work on your TV for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, but I... I well... Nintendo's not saying you can do that, but in theory, yes,
0: they oh, can. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah I'm saying... Yeah, but like,
1: like, I'm sure, like, a lot of indies will, I mean, might do just weird do that. stuff, yeah. Like, maybe they'll make a game that only works with this said IR pointer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe something. Well, that, no, it'll
0: have to it'll work with touch if you don't. Well, that's the
1: thing. Maybe they'll, or maybe there'll be a game that uses the multi-touch. I mean, you can't exactly press right. five fingers at the same time with one pointer. With one pointer. That is very true.
0: You know, actually, something interesting. Is what are you in doing theory, like weird
1: whack-a-mole or something? In, yeah, in theory, if the if the two
0: IR light sets using as a sensor bar are on the tablet, that means you can do the airplane thing, like in the trailer, where you can sit back, put up the kickstand, and then use the pointer from like two feet away. Like, you know, just hold the Joy-Con yeah. separately. So I guess, yeah, you're right. It could be different configurations. But either way, that's how they're supposedly fixing it. I think it's pretty clever, and it opens up more um, opportunities for developers, like you said. But nonetheless, the inclusion of any touchscreen feels like it's critical for the Switch to me. Not just for, like, stuff like you were saying, like, you know, having MeVerse work or being able to browse websites. But the fact of the matter is, like, Nintendo's going after that smartphone audience, supposedly. That's the thing we keep hearing, is their new Blue Ocean is smartphone gamers uh the guy that runs that does the nintendo beat so to speak for the wall street journal he was saying that he's hearing from people that know stuff about the switch He was saying this on twitter that the switch quote goes well with smartphones and then separately he tweeted that famitsu the japanese game magazine asked nintendo hey are you bringing your smartphone games to the uh switch and nintendo said this is direct quote they can't comment now not they won't comment not they have no comment they just can't say it yet which to me is a yes And we did hear a rumor in the past that they might be able to run the games anyway, so Mm. it kind of lines up. But this is their market they're going towards, apparently, is the smartphone people. I mean, in Japan, I saw a stat that there are three times as many mobile people playing games on the go, mobile gaming people, than there are home console people. That's probably a big reason why the Switch is now a home console for on the go. Because the whole premise is, hey, these mobile gamers like playing on the go, but maybe they want something that's deeper. We'll give them a home console. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a touchscreen screen, so they
1: pretty it, much designed their consoles for Japan and then we yeah, just kind of. Yeah, and then extrapolate it to the rest of the world. But yeah, the, the whole
0: thing is, like, if you don't have a touchscreen, those mobile gamers are going to be like, w- what? I'm used to at least having a touchscreen for, like, menus in, and, and, like, the browser and things like that. So it seems kind of critical.
1: Hmm.
0: But and, and you know if they're doing this with the pointer, I'm pretty sure that means the Joy Cons will have accelerometers in them as well, which means there's going to be some basic motion sensor motion controls. Yeah, I mean at the very it's a have to like same reason. If you're a mobile gamer, used to be able you're used to being able to tilt
1: your I mean, iPhone. But then you have to be a lot. I mean, with a waggle, that could just be an input. Right, exactly. I mean, you're doing tennis. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure they'll yeah. have like some sort of Wii Sports for the kids or <laughs> for the kids <laughs> or for everybody. I guess that game really was just for it was everybody, for everybody. You know. Yeah, I mean.
0: They had grandma and grandpa killing it at Wii Baseball in those trailers. So, mm. But uh, the thing that does, I guess to kind of transition away from the controls into the other half of the rumors, which is the power of the thing, the thing that will make this more than just a smartphone mm. device, the thing that makes this a step up, that Nintendo is saying it's home console on the go, is of course how powerful it is. And honestly, that's what we know the least about. I mean, what we do know is that, as rumors have suggested, it's going to be running a custom version of NVIDIA's Tegra chip. The Tegra has previously been used in uh, NVIDIA's own Shield console, which was this weird little Android device you plug into your TV, and it could play Android games on your TV in HD. So this chip, the initial version of this chip, this is a custom one, so it's a little different, but the initial version so it could be was already version a thing that could be going back and forth. What? That so could be a uh, inferior version of it? No, it's going to be superior for sure. They're talking about how they're making, like, Custom libraries for it, and custom like physics engines and all this other stuff. And in the time since, in Invi- I mean, the Shield was a few years ago. And in the time since, NVIDIA has put out new versions of Tegra that can actually output 4K. Hmm. Now, I don't think the Switch will be 4K. That would be impressive, but that would kill the battery on the thing. Because keep in mind, if they're doing, if they're outputting 4K, they're outputting a phone screen, they're outputting a tablet, they're outputting a website, they're outputting a video. They're not outputting processed real time. Zelda Breath of the Wild or something like that. So my guess is if Nintendo's using this latest chip or some variant of, and it can do 4K, it's going to be what that rumor on Reddit that we very briefly touched on last episode was, which is the thing can stream in 4K. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, that will be 4K. But if you watch a game, you're looking at 1080p. Which makes sense, because you need the processing power, and 1080p is still very good, and that lines up with that separate Reddit rumor that they saw marketing material that was pitching how it's 1080p at 60 frames per second, potentially, you know, if this lines up. Of course, the final wrinkle in all this is um, what's it going to be when you're playing on the go, because presumably, if it can do 1080p at home, it can do 1080p on the go, the processor is all in the tablet. They told IGN there's nothing in the dock, it's all in the tablet. But, battery life. So a different rumor, to just keep stacking them here, is that the portable version's only got 720p, which I think makes total sense because you want to preserve battery life. And quite frankly, yeah, and when you're holding fun. it that close to your face, you can't tell the difference. Yeah, and that was fine on the GamePad. So. GamePad's not even 720p. GamePad's 480. Well, it's sub-HD. And it was so fine if, on the GamePad. Yeah, exactly. So if it's, 7, if it's 720, it's great. Um, and there's also, on top of all that, from Laura Davis, the same person who um, I was talking about before, she's saying that there will be a USB-C port on the device... So, when you're on the go, you can plug it in and charge it without the dock, which seems crucial. Well, yeah. Weird, weird wrinkle in it. If you do that, you won't be able
1: to use the kickstand. Apparently,
0: where the USB-C is located is where the kickstand is. So, like, if you're charging it, you can't kickstand it. Or you have to, like, turn it upside down to use the charger or something. oh so,
1: that means you can't have it charging while you're playing, while playing an aer- it in ki- an airplane.
0: No, you can't. You just have to hold it with the controllers on the sides. Because everything they show oh, yeah, in but, that I mean, trailer... I don't know about that. Like, yeah. You can't,
1: like, hold a separate controller and just have it. No, that. you can't. I guess you, can't. you could lean it on something. You could lean it on yeah. something. But that's dangerous if there's turbulence. Because there goes your,
0: your switch all the way down the aisle. Or it hits a crying baby in the head or something. But I guess the, the all of this coming together, so it could probably do 1080p, it could probably do whatever, it's obviously at least as powerful as a Wii U, because it can run Breath of the Wild, it can run Mario Kart, it could run Splatoon. All of this leads to the question of is it enough? Which goes back to something you were saying way earlier. It's like, you're making the point about third parties. Like, I don't know if they're going to support it. Like, it, was it because of this? Like, will it have the power to be able to bring, like, a Arkham City style? Yeah, because
1: I mean, you know, like, developers and some studios, they always want to pretty much max out what they can work with. Yeah. Cause I mean, in some cases, I think um, when they're making multi-platform games, they just build it on PC and then they just like port down to consoles. And that's like they start. So um, depends on the game. No, yeah, that's right. I mean. Usually,
0: uh, they often have a console version that's the primary, and then they port to the secondary. And you can usually tell because the primary one, like if it's PS4, will run smoother on there than on the Xbox, or Vice No, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, they often do what you're saying. No, yeah, They'll that, do a
0: Steam version and then bring it.
1: Yeah, but. I uh, I mean, I guess it's, like, is it going to be a matter of, like, oh, let's just um, reduce the shaders and have the draw distance, like, cut it in half. And there we go. Now it runs on the Wii. I mean, on the NS. On on the Switch. (laughs) On the Switch. It's three names. Third time's a charm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of, like... I mean, that's only going to happen for so long before they're just, like, screw it. I mean, unless it's selling that much that it really is that point where they're, like, oh, it... It just makes financially way more sense to make games for the, for the Switch, even though they're not as powerful, because we know they're going to sell, like, gangbusters. But that's also just a... Well, I think there's, like... I feel like there's two parts of it. If, like... If you look at the fact that
0: the Switch is now single-screened, right? So the Wii U was dual screen. So it's, the Wii U is pretty powerful, but it has to output double, basically, in some games. In some cases, it single, and in some cases, it does,
1: like, one So you're saying it's, it's probably menu. powerful they didn't at all? No, I'm
0: saying it's probably...
1: I mean, some people turn the screen off.
0: There's two. No, I know, but there's two ways of looking at, it, and that either that means the switch is actually significantly more powerful than Wii U because it's doing the, it has all the extra processing that you speak for the gamepad back in itself, or that means it's less powerful than the Wii U, which I seriously doubt because they're basically cutting out the gamepad, which means anything that can run on one TV is where it maxes out. But if it can run Breath of the Wild and all that stuff, I feel like we're looking at something somewhere between Wii U and PS4. Which means probably, yeah, it would be like, oh, do we lessen the shares? Do we do this? Do we do that? But the value proposition at third parties I don't think is the current stuff they're putting on PS4 and Xbox. I think the value to them is they can take stuff they've already released. We're in this weird remaster world where like everyone's making the same game again. Hey, Skyrim, collect special edition remaster 4K yada yada coming out soon. Yet here we have Skyrim also being shown in a capacity for Switch. So my gut feeling is... We're not going to see the next PS4 Pro level Call of Duty come to this thing, but we are going to see like console experiences now on the go, so to speak. Like, like the we Vita. Have, they have what?
1: Like the Vita. Kind of like the Vita. I mean, they had a bunch of ports of PS3 games, but...
0: Yeah, but the difference is these will also work on your TV. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Which, yeah, I
0: know the Vita had some weird stuff for you, kind of. Um, no, because I was thinking, like, there's this middle... Nintendo released a list of third-party support... And in it was... I've never seen them do this before. They actually put middleware. They put, like, developer tools as part of the support to show, like, look how open we are to bringing games to us easily. Unreal Engine 4 was in there. Unity was obviously there because the Wii U had it. Uh, I think from that we can, one, indirectly infer that this thing's going to be powerful enough to run a lot of big third-party games. Lots of stuff coming out today, lots of stuff coming out in the last few years is on Unreal Engine 4. That is the latest Unreal Engine. So if that's have on they already there,
1: announced the other one, even if it I haven't come out yet? I think
0: they have. I don't think we're resting Unreal Engine 5 till the true next generation. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, so, I mean, the fact that it's running Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine 4 to me says a lot about how powerful it is. Because Wii U had, like, a weird jury rigged like, Unreal Engine situation. It's like 3.5. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, like, it did not play nice with Wii U. It kind of worked, but it wasn't officially supported. Some developer ported it over themselves and then resold it. It was, it was weird. But if they're saying Unreal works, I mean, it's probably really easy to bring games over. And while I don't think... The Switch will necessarily see the same sales numbers as you may see in a PlayStation or Xbox version of Skyrim or Call of Duty or whatever it may be. If it's cheap enough to bring these games over and even if they sell less or fewer copies, they'll still make a profit because they can pitch it strictly on the idea of like, oh, it's our console game on the go it's Skyrim anywhere it's NBA 2K with your friends out at the basketball court or at home uh,
1: it's you know what yeah, I mean considering a lot of these big games recently are also mainly single player experiences that actually works out pretty nicely yeah Yeah, you know, like your Skyrim your Red Deads all that stuff
0: yeah yeah but my yeah that's true that's true and I, I can see like like okay Red Dead might be one judging on that first trailer for Red Dead 2 that might be one that's hard for the Switch to do, but there's other like some game, and and then again, Rockstar's one of those companies that's not supporting it yeah. currently, so that's not that's kind of a moot point. But like, it yeah, it just seems like it seems like they can easily bring older games over and make them portable, mm-hmm. or take games from the last couple of years and make them portable. Dark Souls it's, trilogy, it's a yeah from software is a supporter. Yeah, from software has not supported Nintendo Ever. since the GameCube. Do you remember mm-hmm. Bait and K? Or sorry, not Bait and K- or, uh Lost Kingdoms on the GameCube. Lost no. Kingdoms One and Two came out at the very start of its life, like two thousand mm-hmm. two, two thousand three. Never heard of them. Yeah, that was from Software. Then they did. I think the last game they did. I think I wrote it down because I like that can't be real. The last game that Front Software released for Nintendo, a Nintendo system whatsoever, was I am buying time while I look was a Tenchu game on the DS in two thousand nine.
1: A Attention game.
0: Tenchu. Oh, Tenchu. Tenchu. They haven't touched Nintendo since 2009. So yes, they could bring over Dark Souls. Those will run fine. Those are on PS3 and Xbox 360, so this could definitely come over. Because if it's more powerful than the Wii U, if it can run Unreal Engine 4, that means it can at least handle PS3 and Xbox 360 games. So they could at least get that. But if you look at, like, kind of go back to the idea of, um, you know, it's like a console on the go sort of thing. Nintendo I gotta give them credit, they were very savvy with showing Skyrim of all things and NBA two K of all things in that trailer. Because Skyrim, more so than NBA two K, but Skyrim is um this huge meaty game that's synonymous with, like a console experience. It's so big, it's so vast, it keeps going forever. It's you just know, like this. You got big a lot of thing. people
1: that don't even care about ultra schools to so just start playing it. Yeah. Like I know like just I mean, obviously anecdotal evidence, but um I have a coworker at work that doesn't play any Nintendo games and just... He, he's that person that sees it as a kiddie console. Mm-hmm. And he he didn't know about the NX so I showed in the trailer. And the only thing he really reacted to was like, what, The thing could play Skyrim? What, it's also awesome. I'm like, oh, I kind of yeah, want one insane. now. It's insane. Like, the fact that it can is kind of like, like, insane. Game, yeah, like, even that it's still... I mean, that game is old. Yeah.
0: Well, they're remastering it now. So, again, we're in this
1: called oh, We're I mean, in this weird change anything.
0: No, but my fa- my my point is, we're in this weird phase of the game industry where like people are in large quantities buying remasters and re releases. No, no, way, yeah, but I so I mean, if I can remaster you can, Skyrim and bring it to an ex- or Switch and be like, hey, it's your Skyrim you're used to, but check this out, you cannot play it on the go. If you can do Skyrim on the go, you can do anything on the go. That that could be a selling point of itself. Like you're getting the entire because even Vita couldn't do this. You're getting mm-hmm. the entire console experience, everything you saw the last time you played Skyrim anywhere at any time. In any weird controller configuration, for two to three hours. For two to three hours, if the battery life rumors are true. I
1: mean, honestly, that that's it's two to three huge hours. Back playing video games back to back, it's a long time. But and, and just to be clear, that's just a rumor. <laughs> I know, no yeah, one yeah. knows if that's true. But but more, I think. I guess as long as it doesn't just like oh, you've been shut down it it drains so much battery so fast that it only lasts three hours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. <laughs> but like, it's
0: it's not just a big selling point. ...for publishers in that, like... ...or for, I mean, for consumers and that's like... ...hey, your favorite game's on Go, but, like... ...it's I Nintendo's mean, making it such an easy sign point... ...for the publishers that are already doing remasters... ...because they have so many tools in that list... ...they have, like... Uh, ...they have, like, a cloud computing company on there... ...called U- Ubitius, I guess... ...and they have Autodesk there for, like, the rendering stuff... ...and they have Cryware and Silicon Studio... ...both doing video stuff... They just, ...like, they've never publicly listed all these different... ...developer tools that make it easy... ...they're literally, like, look developers... Check this out. Your game on that PS3, on that Switch. Here's the tools that will do it. Here's the tools you're used to using. They all already are supported. Go. It's a super cheap investment. And I think that because of that, it's why the third-party list is such a big who's who. The Wii U list never looked like this. I mean, you've got Bethesda on there for the first time ever. You've got EA, who came back after dropping the Wii U after, what, a year? This is the first time they commit committed to Nintendo since, like, 2012. Well, 13. I mean, could
1: just be history
0: repeating itself. We don't know. Potentially. Potentially. You're right. But but it, if they weren't, if they didn't like the sound of it, they wouldn't have agreed to be on that list. They wouldn't have said yes, you know? But you've also got Konami, who didn't make a single Wii U game, ever. You've got Codemasters, who the last game they made for Nintendo, I looked this up, was F1 Racing on the Nintendo DS in 2011. And they're the guys that make the Dirt Racing series, which is pretty popular. You've got, like we said earlier, From Software. You've got GameStop's new Game Trust publishing arm, which does a bunch of indie games. Uh, The Song of the Deep people? Yes, Um, them. You've got... You know, that's just like ones you're not used to. Then on top of that, we have Activision, Capcom, Sega, Square Enix, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers. Epic? Huh? Epic Games? Yeah, Epic Games, because of the Unreal Engine. They make Mm. that. Um, And then... they the Bioshock people? No, that's 2K. 2K's on there, too. Take-Two Interactive, that's 2K. They're doing the NBA game as well. Take-Two has 2K Sports and 2K Games. 2K Games does Bioshock, 2K Sports does NBA. And what does Epic do? Epic makes the Unreal Engine and also is known for Infinity Blade and uh, they did Gears of War up until the new one. Oh. Yeah. But they're all there. And on top of that, separate from that list, so far a bunch of Nindies have come out supporting it. Image Inform, Form, the guys that did Steam World Heist are the first official European Ni- Nintendo indie developer that's actively developing for the platform. That's a lot of words, but still. <laughs> um Zoink, the guys that made Stick It to the Man, which checked by on the show like a year ago, they're already oh, committed. Game. Yeah. They're committed. Shinen of Fast Racing Neo, they're committed. Um, 13 a.m. games, the guys behind Runbow are not committed yet, but they're heavily alluding to it on Twitter. So, like, it's quite a who's who from the biggest well, to the Well, I mean, like, what are you going to
1: do? Keep making it for the games for the Oh well, yeah, yeah, but,
0: I mean, like, they're not saying, like... I mean, like,
1: do you want to have a job? No, but
0: they could say we're going to switch
1: to PlayStation yeah. or something, but
0: they're like, yeah, no, we love Nintendo, and we plan to keep supporting them. So you've got all, from big to no. small, it's quite a breadth of the wild. No, quite a breadth of uh, third-party support. And I think a lot of it is because one, it's cheap to develop for, and two, it's an easy marketing pitch of, hey, it's your console experiences on the go. I Yeah, I honestly think that's um, that's probably the big part, which leads to the question, so if it's a console experience on the go, are there any specific games or franchises you want to see come to Switch? Are there any that, like, you saw this and you're like, dude, if it could do Skyrim, I'd love for it to do blah, or um... blah, or blah. I'll just make other sounds until you think of something. Nothing <laughs> on the
1: top of my head. I mean, n- n- nothing, like... Nothing that I would specifically like to do portable. If anything, it's been kind of the other way around, like, um...
0: Okay, well, let me rephrase. What
1: third party franchises do you want to see just come to Switch? Or come back to Nintendo? Well, well I mean, come back, just because... Like, or come to. It's just a, uh, wow, I'm, like, stumbling on my worth that crazy. Sorry. <laughs> Pretty much, it's just Monster Hunter. Like, Monster Hunter, I've been kind of tired of it just being on a portable. And, well... More specifically, the 3DS, just because we had it on the Wii U for a little bit, and then they had the Wii U version and the 3DS version. And then from there, they just stuck on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And the Wii U version was just so much nicer. It was just so much fun to play it. And obviously, Monster Hunter is a game that does serve itself better as a portable game. So I guess finally getting a powerful console to play Monster Hunter, I don't know, it just sounds really awesome. Like that's that's one game that I'm really looking forward to. Have I no more 3DS crashes, have a basically. theory about Monster Hunter.
0: Would you like to hear it? I guess. So, I assume you saw that they announced Monster Hunter Double Cross in Japan.
1: Yeah, pretty Monster much another, another filler X-X. game. What? Pretty much another
0: filler game. Yes, yeah, so it's a filler game. game, but it's an interesting filler game. So, for those who don't know, Monster Hunter Double Cross, or XX, depending on what you want to call it, P- it's Hunter called Double backstab? Cross. What? Backstab? Or Backstab, sure.
1: Backstab. Double
0: Cross? Oh, Double Cross, yeah. So, Monster Hunter, like, uh, yeah, Backstab. Yeah. Monster Hunter Double Agent is um, its basically Generations all over again, but they're adding, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, new areas, a new base, new weapons, new abilities, two new Hunter classes. Right? From
1: what I up from the trailer, it looked like they, they're adding very little. But, but here's what's interesting. Oh yeah. So it comes
0: out on, 3, on 3DS in March. Generations has sold, Capcom just announced, 4.1 million copies in the six months that it's been out on the market. There's a new system by Nintendo, also coming out in March, and it, too, is doing a cross-release of a game called Zelda between Wii U and IT. How much do you want to bet that Monster Hunter Double Cross will be on 3DS and Switch in March? How much do you want to bet the reason it's a filler game is because... They are going to make it a launch tile for Switch, much like they did with Generations for the new 3DS XL last year here in so the So, testing
1: the waters with that one and then making their monster 105? Yes,
0: that's right there. Or not even testing the waters, but them going, we can milk Generations more. It's oh, sold yeah. 4 million and we can oh, do yeah, they more. yeah, because all the
1: assets are there. They're literally exactly. just reusing all the monsters from the... I think I only saw no, two few, new...
0: There's supposed to be a few
1: new monsters. Oh no, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there would. but, like, so far... I mean, uh, the the Kezu, like... I don't know, there's a few monsters that they've had... They have come out in like the last three months, Monster Legends back yeah. to back, yeah. And some of them, like, we really dislike, like the Kezu. It just looks like a leech with two legs. Oh, yeah. And that thing is just annoying to fight. And then it came out on the trailer. Am like, really like you're bringing this thing back? Right. It's like, like, are they really like that hell bent on just copy pasting all their previous? I think they of... are because I think they're copy pasting them not so much to 3ds but to Switch. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that's. I think it's gonna it Makes a hand sense, it. but I mean, from it comes uh, out at the right time. Like if it if. Your theory is wrong. This might be the first Monster Hunter I skipped just because it doesn't feel like there's enough new in there because Monster Hunter Generations was like a... It's an anniversary game, so it was really cool. Like, oh, seeing all these old monsters again, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like a second anniversary game. It's like all right, it's only like slightly better. Yeah, like you're you're really at that point where you might as well just wait for the next See, it, new entry. It almost
0: seems like they're aware of that because they're letting you import your save data if you have it on 3DS already. Generations, you can transfer it over and then do the new stuff, which sounds like why just it, make it an expansion pack actually, DLC yeah, yeah. or something like that. I know it, it really should I mean, come
1: into Switch, and that all makes sense. I mean, I guess. I guess this is, like, another... This is probably one of their few ones that, I guess, is a true sequel to one of their... Kind of, like, Black and White 2. Right, right. Because, I mean, obviously, Monster Hunter 1, 2, and 3, those are all sequels, but... I mean, I guess that's cool that let you carry over your stuff. Yeah, I just... See, it's just to
0: me, like, they had a special... In Japan, they did a special Nintendo Direct just to announce, basically, a a redo of Generations that has a couple new things. Like, it, it... I don't know necessarily why they would or wouldn't have announced the Switch version at that point. I don't necessarily know if there is one, but it just lines up too perfectly for it not to be, in my opinion. So I think if that's your biggest wish, and it addresses exactly what you were saying. You have a portable monster, you have a home monster, and it has the power of a home no, monster, sorry. but it is portable. It would it would, lure, it, it be the smartest thing Capcom
1: could do. Yeah, because honestly... Um... Having that ability with Monster Hunter, it would be... Like, this is one of those games that's almost perfect for that. Yeah. Because when you're at home, you want to play... I mean, Monster Hunter is a busy has a busy um interface and just has a lot of things going on. So you want to see it on a big screen, mm-hmm. but you also want to take it with you because there's a lot of stuff you can just be productive with. So, I don't know, it just seems perfect for the right. NX. And that for... Switch and the, for, uh, for the Switch And even let you do that When you when they had the Wii U version And the 3DS version You could like Transfer your data Back and forth So that you could Continue playing on the go But yeah. you needed both versions It's almost like they This is the dream fulfilled it. And not only that But that 4.1 million I said They
0: cultivated With Nintendo's help That 4.1 million sales And have made it The number one selling game In July in the US Which is crazy like, Monster Hunter used to be so niche, and that was number one. So if they had that at launch, for Switch, along with Zelda, along with maybe the Mario, or whatever That's else, that would be a big deal. I I don't want to put real money down, because I don't want to lose money, but I do want to put imaginary money down on this actually happening. I really do think it's going to be a launch title. There's no, like, why would you release this game? A dollar. The same time, okay, you want to do a dollar? I'm sure. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we're, even though we'll shake on it, even though it might be right. No there. one can see it, but we're shaking. Right. Um, but yeah, like, how would it makes no sense to do this otherwise? So, so launch, it comes out the, the launch day, kind of launch window. Ah, uh, no, wait, wait, no. This, but I'm saying they got port, uh, double cross to switch in the launch window.
1: All right, what's your launch window? Because whenever Nintendo says launch window, that's like realistically their launch like like per, good. Their launch window is pretty much from as long as the system is selling. <laughs> no, realistically, it's gonna be I would
0: guess March to June, basically spring quarter. Fine, you all retract your th- bet. Th- no, it just seems like a big window... Alright, launch day. Dollar on launch day. Alright. We're reshaking. Yeah. Okay, dollar launch day.
1: It did, it did feel safer, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't no, feel no, like that's that, that's e- as exciting of a bet. So, is there
0: anything besides Monster Hunter that, like, when you saw the Switch, you'd be like... Or even, once you heard that list of third parties, like, is there anything that you're like, oh, that would make sense? Like, I get why Konami's there. They're probably... You know, for example, one thing I saw, I saw Konami on the list, and I'm like, well... Why would they be there? Oh, duh. Twin Snakes was on GameCube and Twin Snakes did... Pre- Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. That did pretty decently. I wonder if they're looking at it and going like, hey, we can bring over Metal Gear Solid 4. It's like a portable Metal Gear... A true portable Metal Gear. And basically do a re-release of Metal Gear 4. They don't even have to really develop it. They don't have to not have Kojima there to help them. It doesn't matter that he left. They can just have a team bring it over, re-release it, and double dip on all those Metal Gear fans who can now play it on a plane. Like, I wonder... Did anything like that jump out you when you saw it list? Because um, when I saw that was the first thing that came to mind. with they're gonna bring Metal Gear over. That has to be why they're on there.
1: Not really. I mean, there's like, I mean, I do. I guess the one that did jump out of me was on Telltale because those games I feel like are also like perfect for. Oh yeah, I, f- I forgot for the because those games um play really really awesomely when you're playing with touch controls because I yeah. I prefer to play them on the on the iPhone even though it's available on the PS3 and stuff. Even though it would be cool on a big TV like control. These games just seem like they're designed with touch in mind. So if it's so they're on right. so yeah. if they're on the NX like that just seems perfect. And if it's multi touch, it's already you get it on the big screen, you get it on the go. And yes. they're story based games. So is definitely one that just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, you know, I can honestly see Telltale, their Batman
0: uh current Batman series that's going, I can see them bringing that out at launch for Switch. Yeah, and I mean because um, Warner Brothers would for sure their big Nintendo supporter. And they had Arkham um, at Wii U launch, so how hard would it be for them to go, let's do it again, bring the game we already made, the Telltale game, over to Switch. Damn.
1: And I mean, they already announced Season 3 of Walking Dead, and that's going to come out sometime next year, they, so I don't see any reason why they can't do like a, here's a Season 1, 2, and 3 bundle or something like that. There's also Minecraft Story, I just thought, yeah, because Minecraft has been huge on that's Wii finally ended, finally, yeah. so... Yeah, like and, and they're
0: making Minecraft Story Complete Edition that you'll be able to yeah. buy for Wii U, but I can see that being on I Switch had as well. a
1: lot of episodes
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But Minecraft is like a runaway hit oh, yeah. on Wii U. I mean, in Japan, Minecraft sold better on the eShop than ever than any of Nintendo's own first party titles or something like that. So, I could easily see Minecraft story coming over. But, like, for me, another one that jumped out when I saw EA, I was like, oh, Star Wars, duh. Yeah. Like, because Star Wars and Nintendo have such an intertwined history. Like, Super Return of the Jedi back on Super Nintendo, all the way up to Rogue Squadron and Episode 1 Pod Racer. Nintendo worked very closely with LucasArts. So, I could see. EA looking at, you know, looking at Switch and being like, okay, it has the power to run Battlefront, to run whatever they're building with the Dead Space team, that sort of thing. Let's bring that over, let's do some, maybe some sort of Switch exclusive experience, like a new pod racer, who knows. But I see like EA being there for that, or even, like, Plants vs. Zombies would make a ton of sense, I feel like. Like, yeah. the Plants vs. Zombies shooter spin off, I'm blanking out what it's called, Garden, Garden Warfare, Warfare. Yeah. that, like, if anyone likes Splatoon, in theory... They would like that one, too. And if they like that, then yeah, like Splatoon. they play... They're very cross-compatible. Same with Unravel, with uh, the the platformer with the little yarn guy. That's yeah. right, look, they would look right at home on Switch. Again, they're older games, but you can now resell them to Nintendo fans who didn't previously buy them as new experiences, and to people who previously had them as now portable experiences.
1: Yeah, Not on the list, but... Almost, and they're cheap but, to make. Um, some of Blizzard's games, like Overwatch, definitely seem like something that would look nice on the... Yeah, nintendo. Overwatch has the aesthetic to it's pull a, it off. A, it's like a yeah. nintendo vibe to it. I could see that happening. But that's also a game that's like it's pretty much online-only. Yeah, so, so that we, would need the 4G, like you were saying. Yeah, Or it would have to it be It doesn't even seem like something you would want to play on the go. Because Wait, no, there'd be too much lag on 4G. Yeah, it's, it, it, that's pretty much a, a home-only it has have to be a spin-off, like a single-player spin-off or something. Mm. But see, that's where, uh, <laughs> that's mean, where Switch falls well, short. Well, hey, I mean, that's that could be interesting because they have... As of now, pretty much the only way you could get any kind of narrative to Overwatch is from random banter between characters. Random, right. like, there's, like, there's no campaign. There's nothing. You, you right. have to get your story from their videos or online comics or whatever. So if they release, like, a single-player, like, campaign that's, like, all this origin story, I mean, that could work. And it just has local multiplayer. They could just make a... Design a local multiplayer version. Yeah. It could be... And, and then, you know, promote it around the track they could they, they could just redesign retool the game just to have, um... Welcome it could mostly, literally like, yeah. be a spinoff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could work. It's pretty much just like Splatoon. I mean, that's all Splatoon is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's there literally, we go. Yeah, that's Blizzard, are you listening? Now, what's... Blizzard
0: is aware of the Switch. I know that for sure because their Hearthstone account tweeted, we see you, Mario, on Switch release day, and then had to put out a statement going, like, Blizzard had put out a statement going, okay, that was just playing off the meme of Mario peeking behind the curtain. We're not bringing Hearthstone. That's not confirmed because everyone's like, oh, my God, they're bringing Hearthstone. So they're definitely... Conscious of the Switch and bang, at least trying we're to with bank Nintendo off it a to little. create their own Hearthstone. That'd be, That'd be kind of neat. Well, that's kind of the amiibo thing we were talking yeah. about back in the day, yeah.
1: I don't know, use your amiibos to just get the cards, or you yeah. could grind for, I guess, Mario coins to get them. Right, right.
0: But, yeah, I think there's like, there's so many opportunities. And then there's even like, there's new rumors about Beyond Good and Evil 2. Like, that's one that's been rumored for a while is coming to Switch, potentially, maybe exclusive. And then that Let's Play video game website, the same one that we were talking about before, uh, they're saying that's maybe not going to be a sequel as much as it's going to be a reboot that flushes out the story both prequel wise and wraps up the cliffhanger from the first game in case they don't make a real sequel. But that's like introducing it to a whole new audience and it kind of ties into the idea of like a remastered game you can now play on the go. Because you're talking about a GameCube game that's being completely revamped and in theory would come to Switch as being maybe even a Switch exclusive. It's like, hey, remember this game? Here it is again and you can now play it anywhere. It's so like the the marketing pitch, like you can do these things anywhere, makes it so easy for third parties to just port things. And so few Nintendo fans have probably played some of these things because they might only own Nintendo systems. And again, all the console guys that have played them in the past, remasters are in. People buy remasters. What's better than a uh, like 4K remaster? One you can play anywhere. I would argue it's more compelling to be able to take... Now, some people are going to be told, like, you know, uh, spec freaks and want to play the top of the line best thing you can get but again I, I feel like there's a large audience of people that are like i would love to be able to play skyrim on a train i yeah. commute up and down the eastern seaboard all the time from philly to new york or something like that and i want to be able to play skyrim during that 90 minute two hour three hour train ride so or i want to be able to play Melgar solid four on there because i never got a chance to play at home because i have such a busy work life or like that's sort of I
1: know, thing. sometimes commutes like are, like, the best a, time to
0: play games. Yeah. Or sometimes the only time you can play and games. And Amtrak has power outlets in every seat. So for those oh. people that are doing that, for example, it's doable. So, like, there, it's such a big opportunity with Switch, I feel like. The funny thing is, absolutely none of the third parties we've just been talking about, none of the third parties on that list, have actually announced anything new. Even the ones that were in the trailer, Bethesda, 2K, they are refusing to confirm that the games we saw, Skyrim and 2K, NBA 2K, are even coming to Switch. Which is the most absurd. Like, I get that Nintendo's trying That's, to save everything I know. for Generator That's 12. kind of annoying, though. It's, it's, it's super annoying. Because, like, here's... Uh, Polygon asked them, like, hey, are, can you confirm these? Is this really Skyrim? Is this really NBA 2K? I guess it would be 18 by the time it comes out. And, or no, it still be 17. And then, um, they both sent what was basically boilerplate statements from Nintendo. It's like, oh, we're, we're happy to collaborate with Nintendo on the Switch reveal. And then they go on to say something along the lines of like, no tiles confirmed at this time, but you know, we're, we're, we'll announce things when the time is right or that sort of thing. It's like, they both sent basically the same statement. Which means Nintendo's literally has a gag order on them, like don't announce anything. Which is weird because then you got like they want to Sega save it for
1: the January twelfth. But it's
0: weird because you already got Sega announcing Sonic a few months ago. We know Just Dance is coming. Although Ubisoft is also going, like, oh, we have other games we can't talk about. Uh, Tecmo Koei just accidentally announced. Uh, some... ah, I'm blanking on what's called Nomagoma's Noma Ambition <laughs> or something like that. It's a Japanese RTS uh, series, I believe. That's very popular over there, and they. In an interview, accidentally says coming to Switch, which makes sense because Technicolor and Nintendo are very close. But um, like there are there is stuff being announced. But the the one fear I have is Skyrim and 2K and all that are going to go the way of what happened with some Wii U games. Do you remember when the Wii U was real thing? Yeah, so when the Wii U was first shown, Metro Last Light was coming to it. Ghost Recon Online was coming to it. Um, What was the
1: third one? Oh yeah, Aliens Colonial Marines Mm -hmm. was coming to it. Yeah, it looked like it had a lot of potential.
0: Yeah, and they were all gonna be there. They had footage of the games granted there from the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions, but they had footage in the sizzle reel, and then none of Did them. Did they came have like out.
1: a like a fake like stage demo or like people no. playing it with like the controller? No, those three. No, I, I don't, it was um one of the. Honestly, us go through Recon. I just remember the show with people... Oh,
0: wait, yeah. Using, like, the game It in the Ubisoft
1: conference, though. Yeah. yeah. I just remember, like, like, oh, this is, like, what it could look like when you're playing, because, like, you're yeah. using the maps, and I don't and know And also, like,
0: Ken Levine, the guy that made Bioshock, give a, like, talking head testimonial in the Wii U developer trailer thing. Like, look at all these developers we have. And he never brought a game to the system. So, like, it's possible this huge list we saw, and all these games we saw and talked about, it's possible none of this is happening. Which kind of goes into your thing you are saying at the very top of the show, where you're, like. I, I don't know, it's still kind of worrisome, <laughs> which it is, but yeah, it's, it seems like it's better. I think the value proposition is way higher, it's just a question of whether it actually happened.
1: Yeah.
0: On the flip side, there were some Nintendo first party games in the trailer, and I'm about 120% sure all four of them are actually going to come out. One of them I'm positive about, the very first one they showed was Breath of the Wild. Are you sure that's coming out? I'm positive. i yeah. played it. I can confirm okay. it's a real game. It's not vaporware. I have played it. <laughs> <laughs> it is real. It is fun. It's going to get but delayed. I doubt it'll get delayed. There's no way. I mean, it's already been delayed two years. How much more can they delay the thing? Um, Two more. However long? <laughs> that's true, because as MMO says, bad game's bad forever. Delayed game's eventually good. Or something like that. But, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about Breath of the Wild. But, I, but did you see... Um, did you see those comparison screenshots that Nintendo put up on their Japanese website, like the original NES Breath of the Wild and the new Wii U one? Like they replicated certain like landmark oh, yeah, yeah. features. It's kind of cool. Like it, they really seem to be doing a lot of fan service. Just like, Cause they had like the skull from Over by Death Valley in the first game. Like some of the mountain ranges were mapped exactly the same. And then in the trailer, they showed that big red boss who apparently is from Link's Awakening, which I did not know. But, like, it seems like this game is really amalgamation of, like, all of these different Zeldas and all these different fan structures. I mean, we already have, like, p- potentially the King of Hyrule is someone, like, that old guy that helps you. Like, there's all sorts of little hints that it lines up with all sorts of different Zeldas. Like, I wonder if this is almost like a soft reboot and will end up being the one that, like, merges all those the um, timelines into one to make it simpler going forward or something, like.
1: Well, I mean, that's also just... It's going back to that whole world of, like, Some people, I guess, want a cohesive timeline. I feel like Zelda's fine as it is. Each game can just be its own thing and not worry about that. I kind of like that each one's a different link. I think that's cool. Yeah. Like, they're independent, but they're not. I always saw that, I always saw, like, Tales franchise. Like, they're all, they all just share the same name. They have some similar mechanics. Yeah, exactly. But they don't really have anything to do with each other outside of Mm -hmm. the core things that make you go, oh, that's a Zelda game. Yeah. But I could
0: see why Nintendo might want to try and streamline it if they want to start doing direct sequels. Mm. There, I, I mean, I don't know if I like this idea, but just throwing it out there, they put a ton of money into this crazy new engine to make Breath of the Wild. I don't see them not milking it. I mean, Ocarina of Time's engine got Majora's Mask, like Twilight Princess engine got Skyward Sword, sorta. It's there's no way this is a one and done. They're I, they're building something. They're building in padding to do more down the line. I feel like mm. not padding—that's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. But but anyway, it, it's just worth mentioning. It was the first game shown. It looks good. It looked really cool that you could literally just pick it up and go outside and sit on a park bench at sunrise. I also like, did you notice they were alluding to the fact that that dude was up all night playing Zelda in the trailer? Yeah. Again, it does so good with the subtle stuff in the Switch chair. Like, sun's rising, and he's still playing, and the dog's like, I need to go outside, and uh, it was, it, that was kind of clever. Um, they also put out a new trailer that showed basically nothing, and they put out a four-and-a-half minute sizzle reel of weather. Not even sizzle reel, it's just, like, a stationary shot. And while it didn't really reveal anything, I it did confirm to me that, man, this game is very really gorgeous. I love the look of this game. Like, I love the, like, half cel-shaded, half not thing they're going for.
1: It's really cool. So which one do you like better, that one or Red Dead Redemption 2? I mean, one stylized, yeah, but...
0: Well, or would you say in, say terms way, to... in terms of what?
1: Because Red Dead Redemption 2 looked like it was all
0: pre-rendered. I don't think it was, but it, it was all cinematic shots and Zelda was actual gameplay.
1: Or would you say just Red not, Dead didn't a minute it. of footage.
0: I've seen hours of Zelda and played half an hour of Zelda. Yep, I'm not talking about your experience Just which environment do you think looks better? I think Red Dead looks better to the pure graphical
1: power, by like what Nintendo's doing with the art style yeah. of, of, uh, of uh, Breath of the Wild. I don't it... think they're exactly comparable. I know. At, at least it looks like, um, from what we can tell, that then I guess the game doesn't really look like it's being limited in any way by the power so far which is good they're developing it with NX in mind no yeah yeah but that's I mean that's the thing too I mean Switch it's that whole case where they're like oh the Wii is not very powerful okay well they get creative developing within those parameters but then it's always like well what if they had much bigger parameters they could have Get away with a bunch feel, of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, I feel part of Pronged Breath of Wild is you don't know the breadth of the game, no pun intended. And that, like, actually pun totally intended. That's I mean a, mi- no? a miraculous pun. No, but, uh, not miraculous, that's the wrong word. But, um, no, I because we know it's this whole open world thing, and we know that there's, you know, certain things you can and can't do, and it's you basically do whatever you want in this giant open field. But we don't really know, like the depth of that we just know no. the surface level stuff so I don't know how it'll be limited it could be limited. once you go into those dungeon trial things things could get weird I don't know maybe you only can have five ions because they run out of RAM who knows <laughs> like I really have no idea but um, yeah it might be a little premature but I think you're as of now you're right that it doesn't look like it's being held back by anything
1: whether that stays true I'm, it, no one can see me, yeah. but I'm doing the little shruggy guy. Like, well, I, mean, I don't know. If as long as they true. never straight up say anything like they, like right did. That was kind of like the biggest... Well, that one was weird because they were literally taking a sub-HD...
0: Oh, yeah. But, like, thing that was running basically a little less than a
1: GameCube,
0: the 3DS, yeah. and comparing it to an HD PS3, basically, uh, yeah. the Wii U, and saying, you know, that thing that can barely run GameCube games, we need to make that be the primary system for Smash, and then Wii U, I guess we'll make it look prettier, but we can't make any differences. Like, that, no, was, that was a bad plan. It's horrible. Yeah. But, you know, if they make Smash for, um, for, for Switch, problem solved. They can bring everything over yeah, at that I mean, point. They, I know they don't
1: have to compare it to anything, because yeah. it's literally both. So. Exactly.
0: Now, I would say the more interesting thing than Zelda in that um, Switch chart, just to switch games a bit, is, uh, uh, is, oh, ha, no pun intended, is Mario. We only saw, there's not a lot to say, because we only saw maybe like three, four seconds of Mario, but there, one thing that immediately jumped out at me was, okay, two things. One was the triple jump. And Mario? And Mario. But yeah, the triple jump jumped out at me. Um, no pun intended again, I swear this is on purpose, but that whole Day of the Dead, like Southwest, like Mexico vibe that's going for, it's not sunshine, I get that, but just kind of returning to that sort of like, it's not a typical Mario, it's like this like themed thing. Kind of remind me of Sunshine. That kind of made me excited, because I like Sunshine a lot. Like, it kind of, I don't know if the gameplay would be like Sunshine. You can't tell if it's open world or linear at all from the footage. Like, it looks like he's in a town, except all the characters, the little dancing cactuses with sombreros, are like completely stationary and doing looping animations, which kind of suggests he's running past them on a linear path, but it could be open world. I don't know. But all that aside, just the, the tone, the vibe, i just like, oh my god, it's like Sunshine, which is kind of nice. For me as a Sunshine fan. Yeah,
1: that's cool.
0: Yeah, because like if you look at Galaxy or Galaxy 2 or 3D World or 3D Land, all of them have kind of like that... Oh, it's a Mario game. Here's the Mario aesthetic. Galaxy, I mean, a little different. That was more like intergalactic. But it still had like... If you look at 3D World or Land, it's like... Oh, there's the smiling mountains and the smiling clouds and the... It's very Mario. So it's cool to see him venture out somewhere different, like this Day of the Dead sort of situation.
1: Yeah, it's not just a typical desert theme. Exactly, it's not typical
0: Mario. But, but like I said, what's a little unclear is how, what sort of gameplay there's going to be. And I don't expect for three seconds we're going to extrapolate much. But it could be open world. Running and jumping? I don't it could Well, clearly. But it could be open world. Like that town could have been a Peach's Castle sort of hub or like an Isle Delfino hub. Could have been linear and that's just a level. The thing that I found yeah, interesting was those I mean, weird crystals yeah, because like the, the second clip. It, Warriors, yeah, I
1: no, yeah, because I mean, it could be a hub, but... It, Comparing it to Mars, Sunshine is definitely the best comparison we could make because that's also one of the few games that had a bunch of, like, interactable NPCs just, yes. just in the regular levels. Like, yes. in the, there was a beach one where you had to, like, talk to someone to drag a watermelon down the side of the mountain. And there's just other characters you could just, like, talk to. And mm-hmm. Galaxy didn't really have that much. It's just enemies. Galaxy went back to linear. Yeah. And it is
0: worth noting that, like, if you Unless looked you're in the at hugs, this, but yeah. yeah, and if you looked at the second... And you know what's interesting about Sunshine before I get to my second point? What's interesting about Sunshine is they combine the levels with the hub. Granted, when you went to a level, you were in a restricted version of the hub, but it was all the same island. You could see where the hub would be from where you're standing. You could go do a boss fight over here and then go like, oh yeah, I was over there in the plaza earlier. Like, it all interconnected. So if they do that with this, that would actually be kind of cool, because that's something they've moved away from. Now it's like... The old school Mario was like level 1 1, level 1 2, and they're kind of completely split.
1: Yeah, even Galaxy 2, like they literally went back to yeah, a they went regular map. Which was fine. I thought for Galaxy oh, 2, yeah, two yeah, that worked were great. Out, yeah. But it'd be
0: nice to see a Sunshiny situation again. Um, but yeah, the other thing I want to say is, like, if you look at the second clip where he's running in the bullet bills there, that did look a little less linear than, like, 3D World or Land. Like, granted, he was going forward, but, like, I feel like in 3D World no, Land, means- you could see there's only one path to take, and while this one, there are only well, because I mean, so a... there's like the cameras behind him, there's like stuff on the left and right, like yeah. But I mean, but it looked like right.
1: if he fell down, that sand looked like He's something you couldn't died. really touch. So it's it still, yeah. it, I, thought, I thought it looked um, pretty linear. Yeah,
0: no, it it is linear. I'm just saying it's not like um, with 3D World or Land where it was like the cameras pulled back at a certain angle and you could very
1: clearly see. Okay. Well, the, 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 that's the, it. there was also a lot of levels the, in 3D World where you pretty much had like a big open like open oh, to run true. around in. Yeah, that's true. Like that game. Change the change the law, like from level to level. That's very true. Yeah, I'm being I'm being too hard on poor 3D world.
0: Those crystals though, in that second clip, I'm curious what that's about. Obviously, we won't know. And obviously, they're there intentionally for us to wonder about. But those giant, did you notice on the right? No, yeah, side, they look
1: like ice because it has that mist around it. Yeah, it's
0: like ice or crystals, or it's like some sort of mirror reflection. Again, kind of sunshiny vibes to me because, like in sunshine, you had the, the sludge everywhere. And I mean, they had these crystals everywhere. Or in
1: Galaxy, you have actual crystals. Or in Galaxy, you have <laughs> actual crystals,
0: but but they weren't like, I yeah, I'm curious what that is because it seemed like it's some sort of like the environment has been changed in some way, but I don't know. No, the
1: desert with ice. What? Yeah,
0: like what is this madness? But yeah, I'm super excited to learn more about that Mario, which we're definitely going to hear about on January 12th at the big thing. But uh, it was really the only brand new thing we saw in the trailer in terms of gameplay, Bre- mm-hmm. or in terms of games, because Breath of the Wild we've known about since E3. Um, And the next two we're going to talk about, Mario Kart and Splatoon, those look like those are those long-rumored enhanced Wii U ports and not actual new experiences. So I guess we'll start with Mario Kart. Um, It was the first game shown that gave off this enhanced port vibe. It's funny because at first I honestly thought it was a new game. Because I was like, oh, King Boo, he's not, two items, that's not a thing. I know, but the- then I went back and I'm like, wait, no, that's the DLC track and the graphics look the same and everything else looks the same. They just moved the map off the gamepad oh, to yeah, the on,
1: on a quick glance, I, I honestly thought they did um, Double Dash because I just thought the items first and I just like, oh, wait, Double Dash, what? That'd be, I'd be, even though Double
0: Dash is arguably one of the weaker Mario Kart's. Out like in the lineage, like it's good. It's really good. I, even though it's weaker, like I want most, a direct sequel. Kind of, yeah. I'd be cool with the switch being GameCube too. Like, just bring over all the GameCube stuff and make. I mean, it makes I'm sense. I'm hundred percent behind that.
1: I mean, it even makes sense like as a kind of like Mario Kart Switch. Oh, because you're switching drivers, yeah, every month in a while. yeah. yeah. Like,
0: but so you're switching items at yeah. least because that's that's the new thing. Is besides I guess it's a little Boo, more strategic. yeah. Besides King Boo, the big new enhancement is like. For the first time since Double Dash, you can now have two items, and presumably which, you can which, switch them.
1: Which presumably is just going to be, oh, I got a green shell, all right, now I'm just going to hold this whenever a red shell comes along, yeah. and that's it. Well, it's funny, because they took out the ability to drag an I am
0: behind you in
1: your cart in 8, yeah, and yeah, now they're kind of doing like a fake replacement of to, it with yeah, the two items. Yeah, you have to just like hold it and just time it, Yeah, time the release. But
0: but no, I, I, uh, I think... Potentially that could change up some serious strategies depending on how those depend on how the item switcher works. And I didn't even think of the fact that Mario Kart Switch lets you switch items. That's that's clever Nintendo. Good good job, Angel, with coming up with that one. Um Likewise the other game we saw there's not much else to say about Mario Kart, it was like half a second. Although it was cool that it was on that car mount. Like they have like a selfie stick of sorts for the for the switch screen where you could like attach it to a car seat and play in the back seat. $29.99. More. They're good. Actually, no, this isn't Apple. Yeah, $29.99. If it was Apple, it'd be like eighty-five dollars. Uh, the other game they showed that also had a similar but different, or same but different, like vibe is Splatoon, which graphically looked the same, but they were playing an entirely new map, they were wearing new pants, and most importantly, they had new hairstyles. It's riveting, riveting new content for Splatoon. Uh,
1: I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people really, really care about that. Yeah. No, and I mean the fact that I mean someone was- pointed out that it, there was a new roller. But yeah, yeah mean, and there's new weapons, and I'm being a little facetious but with the hairstyle thing, but no, it
0: is a big deal. Like, if you're a Splatoon fanatic, or a casual player like was we are,
1: I mean, it was there, but I yeah. mean, it's like you always want to take it a step further.
0: Yeah, and, and not just that, but new maps, that's a huge deal. New, Like, if this is Splatoon 1.5, that's big. I will buy that, yes. But I think what's more interesting about Splatoon than what they should strictly... I in, hope they
1: let you pick the color of your inkling when you're off-world instead of it just being whatever... Team you were on last. Oh
0: yeah, that'd be nice. Actually, you know, now I think about it, the hairstyles are a big deal because you didn't get to customize your hair in the last.
1: No, year that's it. Right. Was just whatever. Now you can. New yeah, things. I was just thinking,
0: oh, new hair, but I didn't think of the fact that you can choose your hair.
1: I think the only you, you can customize with your, your eyes,
0: hair. your uh, eye color, and that was it. Yes, and I guess right. your skin
1: tone, and that's it. Yeah, and now hair. Mhm.
0: Good job, Nintendo. No, but uh, the thing I find more interesting about Splatoon, even than what they showed, is what they showed it being played at, which is an esports event. Now. Obviously, the new Splatoon is playable in any context, but focusing on eSports ties in really nicely with this recent report that came out from uh, PvP Live. They're one of the big eSports news sites. And they have heard that Nintendo's trying to double down on eSports a bit with Switch. Now, granted, Nintendo has done some eSports stuff for a while now. We went to the Nintendo World Championships A E3. We went to the Smash Bros. Tournament at E3. They have Evo every year that they sponsor with you know Smash Bros., um, there's a couple others, right? There's a few other Smash tournaments they do.
1: Yeah, there's a few that they support. But what... I think they support Genesis. So. Oh, yeah, they did do Genesis one year. Yeah. yeah. Or last
0: year, actually. This year. Mm-hmm. But uh, what PvP Live is hearing is Nintendo, since around July, has started to aggressively... have a, aggressively target... have conversations <laughs> with... I'm sounding like they're like honing it. They were having some serious conversations with multiple eSports teams, like established ones, like Immortals and all that. Like the big ones. They're having eSports conversations with these teams about bringing Splatoon and also there have been some rumblings of Smash and pokin
1: into the fold at these teams Poken, to have them at that's more events that, that will I, get, I
0: bet that's going to get a port yeah. it
1: makes sense yeah it's, it's going to be like the complete edition with all the DLC yep. that Japan's been yeah because in Japan they're and,
0: announcing new arcade characters that are not in the Wii U version and now they're gonna oh, yeah. come to the oh version. yeah they've had yeah. two I'm just clarifying so that for those who don't know
1: but. two yes yeah, two I think they're announcing another one on November 2nd or November yeah.
0: 1st yeah but so yeah, that's for sure gonna be a complete addition to Pokemon. Yeah, but, I mean that
1: one doesn't even use the gamepad, so I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. So yeah, it's um. That's a game that it's actually perfect for. Then like you're just walking by, you play someone. Yeah, it, it's oh yeah. Same thing
0: There's like a street pass element. To, yeah, same do with Pokemon
1: and Smash Brothers for that matter. It's yeah. like, Oh, you have to play random people.
0: Yeah, it's um.
1: Yeah, what was I gonna say? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, up. yeah, yeah, no, it's,
0: it makes total sense. I think it's going to happen. But what I said about the eSports, so they're apparently talking to these teams about, hey, we want to support you in more meaningful ways. And they're having these conversations here in the U.S. with teams, in Japan with teams, and in Europe with teams. So it's a global initiative that started around July, apparently. So the fact that they showed Splatoon in an eSports setting is more telling than you would think, because if this rumor is true, that means Nintendo has a whole new avenue of not just ways to play their games, but marketing for them, and I think that actually speaks a lot about not just you know not just like appealing to a new audience, but everything about the Switch marketing thus far, like everything. If you look at what they're doing with the Switch, they are targeting very clearly the core gamer with that three-minute video. Now, Kimishima has said in interviews they're going to be targeting everyone eventually, but the the gamers get the most. They're going after them first. But with the Wii U, they did not do that. With the Wii, they did not... They Well, no, the Wii, they did do that. But with the Wii, they did not do that. So this is a return to form. Like, here are some 20-somethings living their hip lives with their hip technology, having rooftop pirates where Karen's bringing over Mario. It's definitely a vibe we haven't seen since the original Wii trailer. It was a bunch of 20-somethings and college kids playing Wii.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a very intentional thing, I feel like, because they're targeting core gamers, they're targeting those that are into technology and early adoption of technology, and you know who likes eSports? Core gamers and people who like tech. You don't have a non-techie person into eSports because video games are tech. If you like eSports, I guarantee you probably have a good computer or the latest cell phone or the latest consoles. You're not like some guy that only plays Super Nintendo. It's like, boy, I sure love watching Smash. You are connected at a deeper level with all the world around it so by targeting the esports folk they're basically going after the core gamer in the exact same way we just saw them do at the trailer yeah which is really clever um and honestly it's so much better like as a nintendo fan i didn't mind the whole like let's look at grandma playing virtual golf in this trailer for three minutes like okay whatever but it is definitely a little more fun and exciting to see like, gamer-oriented stuff for Nintendo. They kind of did it with 3DS, to give them credit. But, like, there's only so many times they could be like, oh, man, that 50-year-old with the mustache has a me that also has a mustache. Great footage, Nintendo. <laughs> Versus, like, whoa, check out, like, how cool the Switch trailer is and how they handled, like, the juxtaposition of people playing with the game footage and all that. So it's kind of a nice return of form. Um, and also they have a very big advantage in that esports are watched by kids, but it doesn't target kids directly in the way of, like, kids will watch it and look up to these older guys that are in their teens or 20s or whatever and be like, that's cool, I want to be that. I like watching him compete. Did he do
1: video gaming as a profession? Right,
0: like, see what I mean? But then then you look at, like, oh, they're using the Switch? Oh, all these cool 20-something hipster people are playing the Switch? I want to do that. I want to be them. Like, if you target kids directly, like they somewhat do at the Play Nintendo show on YouTube or, like, how they did with the 3DS at one point, or the 2DS, I should say, currently they're doing, like, if you look at that... If, you're, if you show a 10-year-old in a trailer, no 10-year-old's going to want that. They're going to be like, that's kind of kiddy. I want what the 14-year-old wants.
1: Yeah. So if
0: you're showing these 20-somethings playing eSports and using the Switch and they're all slawing their Switches in one by one in this giant arena and then you have like Smash playing and Splatoon playing, all that, that's going to appeal to kids more than any sort of direct marketing a kids in town could do more than the corny disney channel stuff more than the like play nintendo show and it's cheesy pd piranha sidekick guy i don't even know what that is like i mean it's great if you're trying to get the younger younger gamers to have like a 10 year old appeal to a six year old so that still has a place and a purpose but to market your entire system in that direction would be a mistake and nintendo is very smart to not do that so that's my that's my spiel on the the esports thing i think it's very, very telling that they had eSports in that trailer because yeah, it's setting up a whole new avenue of marketing I mean,
1: for them. Why else would a ton of kids in school always like, be um, obsessed with like Grand Theft Auto or yep. Mortal Kombat and stuff? Like, yep. I mean, those games, they never advertised to them, but lo and behold, like every other kid somehow has access to that game or plays it at home exactly. or loves it. So. You know what's
0: funny about that is like the whole Nintendo's Kitty thing. You know where that started with? Or who that started with? Kids. There's no dude in his mid-20s like, I can't touch Nintendo, that's too kitty. We aren't I feel like twenty somethings aren't that petty. Like it's like fifteen year olds, thirteen year olds, ten year olds are like, Oh man, I'm too cool for like Mario. I'm gonna play Bioshock or whatever. Like Yeah, twenty yeah, something the- to be like, I wanna play Bioshock, but you're not gonna be like, I don't see any value in Mario because it's colorful. <laughs> like that doesn't we're we we do not think that way, I don't think. So like Pixar, like at Pixar. Adults and kids love it. Yeah. Like that's kind of what Nintendo is in my mind and has been for a few years for forever actually. But so yeah, I think you're right. They they look up, They look older.
1: Mm-hmm. They look towards
0: the older. So yeah, it's very 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 smart Nintendo. But back to the games for a minute. There is one other thing that I think Splatoon and Mario Kart um, embody that could end up being a major part of the Switch strategy. And actually, it's um, it's true of the rumor of Smash coming to Switch as well. And that is this idea of games as services. We used to all the time talk about this. When Splatoon was in the midst of its free content, when Mario Kart was doing its DLC, when Smash Bros. was doing its DLC, we had this theory that like Nintendo's filling the game droughts by making the old games relevant again. And my suspicion is, less for the reason of a game drought and more just because it's extra revenue, I think we're going to see Smash, if it comes out on on, Wii, on a Switch, and Splatoon, which is, and Mario Kart, which is, they're going to become services for Nintendo. They're not going to be a one-and-done port. They are bringing them over to Switch and specifically these versus something like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze or, you know, um, yeah. Nintendo Land. They're bringing these specifically. Cash, more characters, more exactly. stages. They're going to keep doing DLC forever and ever. It's pro- I seriously think yeah, this could last the life of we the We probably
1: console. won't have, like, a, that'll probably be, like, pretty much like the last Smash Brothers until, like, they get a bigger machine and then it'll just port over whatever was. Yeah, and I'm, I realize I'm not speaking, like, some sort of
0: crazy theory here. Like, I think most people are starting to see that now that this is the way Nintendo's going. But, like... Splatoon was really the test run of this sort of, like, constantly updating. They did DLC packs for Smash and Kart, but, you know, it was every six months they put something new out. But with Splatoon, it was literally every three or four weeks they had something new. And they did it again with Mario Maker with the costumes. Every week, every Wednesday night, they announced a new character costume.
1: Hmm.
0: And if you look at Mobile, which, again, is what they're targeting, Mobile, according to rumors, Mobile is all about those games that never die. You, I still get Angry Bird updates. There's still cut-the-road updates. There's still, like, you know, words of friends, hang with friends. They keep adding new features years after release. The idea is you put a game out there and then it's a living, breathing thing. It's like it's a little baby ecosystem and you keep adding to it and pushing it forward. And if they do that with Splatoon and Cart, they can have all their developers pool together making games at a really frequent rate, which is what we all think they're going to do with Switch. So there's mm. more games more constantly. But if you then, on top of that have never-ending updates for Kart and Splatoon and Smash, you have this system that suddenly is always, always jam-packed with games. The idea of a game drought for Nintendo would be over, and not only that, but these games that at the launch of the system were available can stay evergreen tiles, not just for a few years, for the entire life of the system. They can be the reason you get a Switch six years after it comes out or six months after it comes out, because they're constantly being updated. That's something that's not really true in the current game world. Like, you don't go when you... Like Nintendo Land. How many people are going and buying Nintendo Land with a Wii U? No, you buy Mario Kart. You buy Smash Bros. But if Nintendo Land with some weird service where every month there's a new game or something, it would still be relevant and people would be buying that at long, when they pick up their system maybe in addition to the other two instead of saying, nah, carts the current hot thing. I'm going to get
1: just get that. That would be cool like, they treat like a potential next Nintendo like a theme park. It's like, oh, yeah. and they have like, a coming soon and like, a little tarp over a section of cool. it. It's like, oh, we're working on another, a new attraction.
0: I'd honestly love for them to make another... Um, Nintendo Land. Like, it was a cool concept. It's called it
1: Nintendo World. Nintendo World. Even though they' already Nintendo Not the store?
0: No, that's no, just called Nintendo, Nintendo New York oh, now. Because right. I think Nintendo World going to what they call the, the uh, Universal Park. Hmm. But, but one other thing about um, the DLC thing, I think there's another major reason they're doing that besides the test showing it works. And that is, in Nintendo's latest financials, which we'll talk about a little later, but Kimishima, their president, said um, that their download sales have fallen by UA for this. 14.7 billion yen year over year. They lost 14.7 billion yen in a year because all that DLC that they were putting out just stopped because they started focusing on, on the Switch. So there was a point where they had the games of services and their their download uh, revenue was going up significantly every single year. Like it was like a a steep chart, and then they stopped putting out the DLC and it just died and they lost 11.7 uh, sorry 14.7 billion yen. Mm-hmm. F- that they could be making otherwise, I don't know if it was revenue or profit actually, but that's how much money they're bringing in one way or another, probably revenue. But um, nonetheless, all that just evaporated. So the idea that you could have these games of services that last forever, which means they're constantly bringing in money, they won't have this situation where they're just free money just disappears. <laughs> so I think that's another big part of it. But, but yeah, that's my that's my not very ingenious, but kind of ingenious, I think, theory of what's going on with Switch games. At least is we're going to get some there one off, and we're going to get a bunch there these service games. Which is why they're all being poured over. Well, January
1: 12th can't come any sooner.
0: I know. Which brings us to kind of the conclusion of all this. Because, I mean, in whatever the opposite of a nutshell is, that's what this just was. But (laughs) that, in the opposite of a nutshell, is what we know about the Nintendo Switch right now. And we looked at it at this very micro level. Like, the most micro of micro levels. But I feel like you and me haven't been like, we like it, we hate it. So let's pull back for a second. Let's look at it from like the most macro level possible. Are we happy with it? Is this what we wanted? Are we buying one? When? Are I mean, you said you might wait for a special edition, but I remember—I don't know if you ever said it on the podcast, but you told me separately.
1: You may not buy way. it.
0: You were like, kind of like, it depends on what it is. So here we are. You know what the switch is. You know some details. You know some games. You know some rumors of stuff that might be happening. Are you convinced? Is this did it sell? Did they sell it to you successfully with that? Yeah,
1: few I guess it was pretty much exactly what I hoped it would be, and it is. And I just. Now system now it's not a matter of whether I'm going to get it or not it's just a matter of when Fine. I'm going it.
0: And I sh- I'm sure price Which, factors
1: into that too. Yeah.
0: Like what are you what's like your top threshold cuz my my feeling yeah cause my feeling is it's not good. the system will begin to falter if, 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 if it's it, above 250.
1: If, if it's more than 250 I will definitely wait till like the holiday season to get mm-hmm. it like no, even if it has a good lineup. The only thing that might make me cave is like if no no I would I would say it. <laughs> yeah cuz I mean the thing is like just to, we talked about
0: how it before it was um, the Nvidia Shield TV is basically the precursor of this that Nvidia made with the Tegra chip, like a game system that's based on more mobile technology in a way. Yeah. Um, that thing cost two hundred when it came out. We're now a few years removed, so I imagine they could hit two hundred, but with, you know, factoring the the controllers and some of the other stuff put on a little Nintendo tax because you're getting special Nintendo content. Kimishima has said they're not gonna sell it at a loss. He reconfirmed that just this past week at the financial meeting. Uh, I factor it all in and I think two fifty is the sweet spot. They have shown in with the Wii that two fifty works. So I think they could hit that and then I think you will be getting one at launch is my main point here. <laughs> mm, but Most yeah, likely. I mean I'm I I don't think anyone's gonna be surprised by this, but I'm absolutely getting the Switch.
1: I hope they don't make a, a third Pokemon version on it. It would be too soon. I don't even know what it
0: would be Sun, Moon, and
1: Saturn? Sun, Moon. Eclipse? And, oh, eclipse. Oh,
0: that'd be good. That'd be good. It's too, <laughs> it's too, it's too soon in that. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, they've been coming out with a Pokemon game every year. I know, but it's too soon in that, like, it's gotta look so out of place on Switch, because Switch can do graphics that are like Wii U quality, and then you have 3DS? game graphics
1: well what if it's just revamped oh that that hey that would fit the whole remaster mentality i mean because then that, hey you might be honest that something. would just be their transition to you this, are onto something to I this think. portable home ecosystem yeah i think you're right i, I mean it probably right. would it'll probably be the next generation but i'm definitely looking forward to that too yeah i i just love the i love the fact that they're finally bridging the gap like
0: it's I As someone that's owned a Wii U and a 3DS, a DS and a Wii, a Game Boy Advance, and a GameCube, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I'm used to the, like, one holiday season's great for one and okay for the other, I'm used to that switch off, but it's kind of nice and that every year, yeah, basically the main system consoles, I want to play is the one that's going to have the best stuff.
1: Yeah, if you literally only had, like, if you had no other consoles but just a Wii U and that's it, yeah. or just a 3DS and that's it.
0: It sucked yeah, every two years. Yeah, you, you,
1: you, <laughs> you kind of have to own both and then that reality yeah. kind of sucks. And so this, you want and to play games regularly.
0: And not only that, but also Nintendo had to basically double-dip on every franchise, which for them meant probably more sales in one regard, but then less opportunity to make something like Splatoon, which has gone on to almost match, almost match, the sales of Smash on Wii U. It's something like only 100 or 2,000 behind it, hmm. which is kind of crazy. That a brand new franchise like Splatoon to do, can do that, and they're able to do that by trying new IPs. But they're saying they're making Mario Kart 7 and Mario Kart 8, one on 3 3S, one on Wii U. That's resources that could be better spent making a single Mario Kart, and then something new so as a Nintendo fan I'm excited for the new creative outlet they now have the opportunity for them to do more than they ever could before Um, also it's a little more affordable that way because I don't have to buy two games every time and also the um, when you put the the Joy-Cons into the grip it kind of looks like an adorable lopsided dog and that makes me want to buy it so um, yeah so I think it by the way, someone actually made a plush of that dog. Did you see that on Twitter? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we have a link if those for those who are curious and haven't seen it, there's a link on the blog post to it. It's it's kind of adorable and I like, I I want them to like I would seriously consider getting one if they like put up an Etsy for it. Isn't it
1: funny? Like is actually embrace Britain and make it like a mascot
0: of the end. That'd be great, great. Right? They should the I know Nintendo people have seen it. Um the the Nintendo what's her name? Krista from Nintendo Minute, you know, one of their yeah. marketing ladies. She um retweeted the photo of it from the original person that posted it. So Nintendo's aware. The question is will they do anything with it? But, so we, we seem pretty positive about it, right? Yeah. Like, we're pretty on board. And yeah, I think generally speaking, it seems like the law, a lot of the internet was on board, too. I have not seen these sort of numbers for Nintendo in a very long time. But it's cool to see that, like, the day the Switch was announced, it was the number one trending topic on yeah, Twitter Not all a lot day. of the
1: gloom and doom people. No,
0: not at all. It was the number one trending video on YouTube the day it came out. It was the number one trend on Reddit. At Nintendo's financial briefing, Kim Shima was saying that the trailer's been viewed over 23 million times. It's only been about 10 days. Over 23 million times, and 95% of the reactions have been positive. That's pretty impressive. Uh, on the North American Nintendo channel alone, YouTube channel alone, the video last I looked was at about 19 million. That was as of um, Saturday night. And that view count rose so fast in its first 24 hours, it Is now one uh, the... Uh, top 20 most viewed videos in its first 24 hours ever. It bumped a Justin Bieber video off the list. Wow. It's mostly movie trailers. Number one is somehow the Fifty Shades of uh, Grey sequel. I don't know how. Star Wars Force Awakens is on there. It's like pretty, like, major cultural milestone things. And then there's Nintendo Switch <laughs> at number 18. Wow. Pretty cool. What's number one? Fifty uh, Shades of Grey. Yeah, 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 or right. whatever the sequel's called. Fifty more shade. Fifty sh- shadier shades. Fifty shades of black it got darker i don't know but whatever it is that's number one. i think that was a parody movie it was yeah you're right that's where i got that from but um but in other words from a messaging perspective what i'm getting at here is they nintendo did quite well with the switch and i think the messaging was doing so well because it was so clear like with the wii u they kept calling it the new controller and you and i were sitting there Die Hard and Town that we cannot figure out if they actually were revealing a new system or if they faked us out. and It's just yeah. an. Accessory. Didn't
1: know that they were using Wiimotes and yeah, like some other and they never race. showed the system. Yeah,
0: and and like what does the U? What does the U mean? I still don't know. <laughs> it's been. It was announced in 2011. It's been five years. Does anyone know what the U and Wii U means? I get the I and DSI. That's my own DS. I get that. I
1: guess I get. The, they meant the
0: same thing. Like it's for you. It's. But why? How come the DSI is my DSI, but the Wii U is Nintendo giving it to me for me? Like I don't. It's Nintendo U. But what's the U? U. It, 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 is why O U? Now, now see here, yeah. But what? <laughs> <laughs> like what's personal about it? In fact, I'd say the Wii know, was yeah. more personal because you could save your character to a specific Wii mode and carry it around. Now I could. You could argue it's because the U looks. Like, the logo with the U look like the gamepad, kind of. Like, the U could be the touchscreen.
1: I feel like it's pushing it. But
0: that's dumb. But with Switch, on the other hand, it is very clear. The name is exactly what the console's unique hook is. The logo conveys the point that there are, you know, these little controllers you can slot off. The little dots on the controllers, actually, if you look at it the right way, they form an N, which is kind of clever. And you could kind of connect the dots. And more of the point, not more of the point, but more, if you want to get real into, like, the weeds of this, the thing's a yin-yang is a squared-off yin-yang that's slightly less curved in the middle. And a yin-yang is a symbol of duality, and the Switch is all about duality. So the logo's clever, the name is clever, the trailer, like we were saying, subtly shows all these different things, and it's, but very clear-cut. So, like, you get it when you see it. I don't think there's people that watched it, and like, I don't understand what this does. There were a lot of people, us included, that felt that way about the Wii U. So Nintendo nailed it. This is, like, I haven't seen them be this on point with their messaging in a very long time. It's really kind of as, it's like when your sports team wins a championship <laughs> or something. You're like, yeah, like when Pokemon Go came out, it felt like my sports team won. Like, it felt like it was like the Cubs w- winning the World Series, assuming they do, or whatever. Like, it's like, well, of was moments, like, oh my god, the thing I've been rooting for forever actually did something that's good. Look at this, everyone cares about them. My hmm. thing's now everyone's thing. So... Well, the Switch had that moment for me. But um, I also think it proves that point we've said before that you don't need E3 or even a major trade show or even a media event to do this anymore.
1: You don't need anything. but You, you don't do need that.
0: anything. They announced it 14 hours before they posted it. They announced like one night, hey, tomorrow at 7 a.m., you're going to see the trailer. Next morning it was up. The internet did the rest. Now, granted, to do all the details and to have hands-on sessions, they're going to need that January 12th event which does require a media presentation and whatnot, but they were able to dominate the tech news cycle and dominate trending topics on pretty much every major platform with a three-minute video, and all they had to pay for was a three-minute video. They didn't have to do anything else. That's crazy. Like, ten years ago, that would not have been possible. So, it's the world we live in. Um, not everyone was pleased, though. Like who? Like the investors. Yeah, the (laughs) investors. So yeah, while the general public was into it, uh, investors felt otherwise. So Nintendo's stock, just to catch people up who may not have been paying attention, Nintendo's stock fell over 6% the first day, the day the Switch was announced. Um, That's even more than the drop it saw when the Wii U was first announced. Mm -hmm. And then the second day it fell another 4%, which is on par with what the Wii U drop was the second day. So... The trend is a little concerning, obviously, because Nintendo probably thinks they have a home run and everyone seems to like it, so why would it be falling? And according to some articles I was reading online, it's a bit of a one-two punch. We have investors being disappointed that they don't have all the details about price and specs and whatnot. We have investors who think it's too traditional of a gaming device, um, and that means no success like the Wii. Like, it just can't replicate that. So that's punch number one. Punch number two is the polar opposite where they're like, we already knew everything from the rumors. There's no surprise element to this. Which is like, wait, but you just complained you don't know everything. It sounds like,
1: kind of dumb. Like, yeah. like, I wanted to be surprised, so I'm going to...
0: Well, I think you know. it's more like them going, there's no surprise in that there's nothing, there's no innovation they couldn't see coming. Huh. The Wii, no one knew you could do that with a motion controller like that. Like, that was, like, what? Like, it looks like a TV remote. This one, it's like, oh, yeah, they could do a hybrid. Yeah, people have been talking about it. People have been speculating before even the rumors that this is what was going to happen for, like, since 580 days the, ago. Here's
1: the attachable so. thing to turn it into a VR headset. Yeah, I mean,
0: literally, yeah. Or, like, so, yeah. But, so then there was that angle. And then there are also some others who felt that Nintendo shouldn't be focusing on a home console and should double down on mobile which is weird considering they have 3 mobile games coming out between now and March, Mario Run, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, and the whole point of this thing is to be using mobile blue ocean to try and make more money off them than they could if they were just on mobile cuz you know Mario's going to be like 2 bucks, 3 bucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. A Switch is 250 potentially. So that that just to me seems weird. But if it makes them feel any better, Kimishima did say in the financial briefing that Mario Run will now be launching in 150 countries in December, not 100. They upped it by 50. That's how confident they are. This thing's going to blow up. In fact, he made comparisons that they're going to try and make it the next Pokemon Go in terms of growth and attention.
1: Um, I don't know if also can... interest rate?
0: Yeah, yeah, an interest rate and growth and attention. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I mean, they, we, I said this last episode. So they have 20 million people already pre-registered. I don't know what to call it. The notification's been set for 20 million people. That's a lot. That's a lot mitomo only has 15 million total re- unique users 20 million people have shown an interest in downloading <laughs> mario let alone actually done it so and now granted you could say a lot of them won't make the jump but i know i didn't even register for the notifications and i know i you're it. interested that's my point but mm. so it's mario without even being a thing has already more people into it than uh mitomo does so so really it just feels like it's a way and see situation based on what these investors are doing based on everything we know Like, we don't know what its final form will be exactly in terms of specs. We don't even know if it's going to take other forms. I mean, we know there's the hybrid now, but what's to stop Nintendo from doing a portable-only one in a few years? Kind of like the 2DS of the Switch, so to speak. Or to go the other way, if PS4 Pro and Xbox's Project Scorpio really take off... What's to stop Nintendo from doing a souped-up version of the Switch in a few years? That's home-only. And all of them will run these get same the, games. Get the, the new
1: base. Your thing stays the same.
0: That would be kind of cool, actually. I mean, like like an possible? expansion, like N64 expansion pack on steroids? I guess so,
1: yeah. Well, we don't know if it's possible because we don't know the specs or
0: how it transfers data yeah. back and forth. Hopefully, but as of now, it's ends Hopefully, that, hopefully that's
1: a possibility. Yeah.
0: I mean, the only things we know aren't possible are you can't do dual-screen uh, dual gaming, so you can't be on the TV and mm-hmm. on the Switch at the same time. And you cannot... I don't believe have multiple switches attached to a single base, so you can't like do some sort of. I guess that'd be dual screen. Like you can't do like a pseudo dual screen gaming situation either.
1: Yeah, so that I mean, um, I guess it's no surprise, but because of the cartridge thing and everything, there's like no backwards compatibility at least with the Wii U. Yeah, any, well, there's no backwards
0: compatibility with 3DS or Wii U. The carts are a different size and shape. But, but
1: Nintendo's confirmed that what so people were pointing out I think they said that um it looks like the the shoulder buttons are analog yes that would be very nice
0: like the Gamecube
1: yeah so I mean that we could, this is the first time that we could potentially get Gamecube
0: ports yes that's true and that means that if they just do a virtual console situation yeah. I mean that's the, a whole other thing is like
1: uh, that, that's gonna be fun again like going through the whole virtual console thing I like, don't think they're
0: gonna do a complete reset they have our Nintendo network account oh, no. they have my Nintendo hooked in I think we'll get the games of ago where want so so Switch. do you think like
1: it's just gonna be a massive like Yep, they're all available, or they're going to do the same thing again. With, all right, three a week for the next five years. If they years. were smart, which they're not, <laughs> if they were we smart, had to go through that twice, and that was really annoying. If they were
0: smart, what they would actually do is a subscription service. Let's say ten bucks for every NES um, and Super Nintendo game, fifteen bucks if you want N sixty four thrown in, twenty bucks if you want GameCube and Wii thrown in. You pay monthly. That would be smart. If they Netflix it, that would be smart. The problem is they're probably not going to. But yeah. if they did that'd be genius so yeah my guess is they're gonna trickle them
1: but maybe at a slightly faster rate that'd be interesting how do you Netflix a game a game though especially hey, if you want to take mean, it somewhere that's like because you need internet right Like that I don't mean can-
0: necessarily Netflix in terms of like you're streaming the games which there is the oh, tech for well, that I, I, I meant I, Netflix well, in terms of well, you download it to
1: your system yeah right? so I guess like gameplay so as long as you have the subscription play. you could keep Downloading other games. Maybe like is. Apple Music or something where you could like or Spotify where you could save for yeah, offline play. Yeah, for whatever yeah. reason my mind went straight to streaming on it, you can't really
0: I You, mean, can. No, I mean, no, you um, can. PlayStation owns tech No, that no, does, no. Uh, I know Gaikai, and yeah, that yeah. stuff. It's but, doable. I don't think Nintendo's invested in it. No,
1: yeah, level, but that's like an online but that's like an online only thing. I mean you can't really like go on a plane and yeah. play these. Yeah,
0: yeah. So like that's a potential revenue stream that investors don't know about. There's so much we don't know. Like like I was saying about form factors, or even the fact that like everyone's like, oh no, they're only making a home console. Well, hold on, investors. We've been hearing for years now. That Nintendo's central thing is this my Nintendo account that links everything. So you have your home console, you have your mobile, you have your theme park, you have your merchandise, all these things so are What
1: more do you want? All these
0: things are interconnected in a way that's never been done for Nintendo before. So if you get one person who's into one thing, they'll go do the other thing, and the other thing will go do the first thing, and it's like this whole ecosystem they are building, so you just immediately say, like, "Well, I'm dismissing it because it's not quite the right thing, doesn't work, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't no. add up, it doesn't make sense. No, no. So that granted I'm a slightly biased Nintendo fan, but <laughs> but still it just seems like they're getting a little ahead of themselves with the worrying. So we'll see. I mean on the on the flip side, they have a right to be worried because Nintendo's not doing too hot in the financials. Huh. Yeah. So to transition a bit to sort of adjacent sales corner, but not really. This past week did see um the release of their latest financial report. It covered July through September. And in terms of Nintendo's own products, sales did go down a decent amount. Net sales were down thirty-three percent from um, January September last year at uh, in twenty fifteen to January September this or not January July September this year, twenty sixteen, and they lost one point three billion dollars as a result. Just oh. in net sales. Net sales were down one point three billion dollars. This was driven in large part by the Wii U, which kind of fell off a cliff. I don't think anyone's surprised they didn't really have a great lineup this year. Um, but its hardware sales from July through September this year were down 55 percent compared to last year. That means only 560 thousand total units sold worldwide. Um, software declined by 33 percent to only 8.3 million games sold in total. Which, according to Kimishima, uh, it would have gone even lower except Nintendo Selects came out, and you know these cheap games are able to keep the, at least the sales num- the raw total of games being sold up, even though revenue's down because they're cheaper games. Um, comparatively, 3DS actually held its own. The 2DS launch in Japan, got, we got a price drop for 2DS here in the States. Evergreen Nintendo Select titles came out that boosted sales a bit. Europe saw Fire Emblem Fates finally come out. Kirby Plant Robobot made a million in sale, or sold a million copies worldwide, which I did not think that game would for some reason. Hmm. Uh, it's a fun game. But the real kicker is Pokemon Go. That's what kept the 3DS afloat. Uh, Pokemon Go launched right at the start of this financial quarter. Like, literally, like, day two of it. And following that... 3DS sales were up 19% year over year. 2.71 million units were sold worldwide this quarter, and Kimishima said it was Pokemon. That's what did it. It was not just boosting hardware, it was boosting software. He showed all these crazy charts in the briefing where like you see just like it's kind of like steady, steady, steady then July hits and it spikes, and it's now trending downward slowly, but still higher in September than it was pre-Go. So as Pokemon Go is slowly declining, it's also slowly declining but still at a higher point than it ever was. And in addition to Pokemon Go, Nintendo also sold the Seattle Mariners. As I don't think we ever talked about We said they are going to, but they used to own the Seattle Mariners baseball team. Yeah. They now have 10%. And because of that, even though their sales were down, Nintendo's overall profits year over year were actually up. They went from making $365.8 million. Or sorry, they went from making 109 point, oh. That takes the sting out of the excitement here. Last year, they made $109.2 million. This year, they made $365.8 million. That's off Pokemon Go Resurgence, that's off their share of Pokemon Go, because they own a chunk of the Pokemon Company, and that's off the Mariners. Sales are down, profits are up. That's kind of the takeaway. But, um, the cost of sales being down this past quarter, Nintendo's playing it a little safe overall. They're now predicting that for the rest of the, like, their overall year, they're gonna see, um, their net sales go down from 1.78 billion bucks to only, or sorry, not one6 i I'm not, I can't read my paper, they're gonna see sales go down from 4.78 billion to only 4.5 billion, oh darn, oh darn, but, because of the, Mar- the Mariners thing and whatnot, they're expecting their overall profit to be, um, from 355 million to 478 million, because I think it's a stage payout, or something, so, they're making money, they're making more money than they made a year ago, but doing it with less, just because they have to get rid of a baseball team, so it's kind of like, mm. um, and I think part of the reason that they're expecting 3DS sales to be down, I mean, Kimishima said this, it's not really what I think, is because they're not, there's not a whole lot coming out this holiday for 3DS. I mean, he tried to spin it. And yes, it has Pokemon Sun and Moon next month, which is going to be huge. I don't know if you know this, but it's already the most pre-ordered Nintendo game ever, supposedly. It's also supposedly the most pre-purchased... I just
1: realized I did not pre-order it. Me neither. I wonder if that will be a problem. Nah, no, it
0: shouldn't. But you can always get the digital version.
1: Actually, very good point. Digital is always way better. Yeah, there you go. Except we don't get a box. You
0: know, but, damn. Hmm. Yeah, Nintendo claims... Nintendo says it's the most pre... Well, here's what's weird. So, it's tough. pre-order versus pre-purchase. Nintendo said it's the most pre purchased release they've ever had. Now, pre-purchase is an eShop term, which is talking about buying in full up front, and then you get to download automatically. Pre-order is where you put a deposit down. You don't pay the full price. I don't know if when they say pre-purchase, they mean just in the few years of pre-purchasing on the eShop, which is only a couple of years, which that would be an easy milestone to hit, or if they literally mean it's the most pre-ordered game they've ever put out, which sounds absurd when I say it out loud. So either way, it hits some milestone. I just don't know what. But the one milestone I can confirm that I do understand is the demo, the special demo that we'll be talking about in a few minutes, has been downloaded more than 3.5 million times in the few weeks it's been out. That is the highest download rate of an eShop game, or eShop demo ever. So there's hype for this thing, and this is going to do well, and it's going to drive sales. But then there's not much else. There's really not much else. Like for fall, for fall releases for 3ds that have already started, they're really not selling. Like some leaked September MPD numbers came out, and uh, Dragon Quest VII, which was out for a couple weeks in September, only moved thirty five thousand copies. That's not much. Yokai Watch Two is only on the chart for two days, but in those two days, it also only moved thirty five thousand copies. Now they're pushing yokai a lot harder has ads all the time they're doing they're doing the one day movie event with fathom like all sorts of stuff so i imagine those sales will go up but neither of these are doing gangbusters or nintendo there's no like there's nothing behind pokemon at this point that is matt that's gonna be like a big seller you could argue i mean kimishima did that mario party and animal crossing will be big mario party star rush um comes out in a couple weeks has amiibo that go with it animal crossing welcome amiibo New game for some people, free upgrade for others, but will encourage the sale of new Amiibo cards. But again, that's kind of assuming that they're going to sell these Amiibo at rates that they did a year ago. But as we discussed earlier, Amiibo sales are down, or Amiibo sell to retailers are down by like 7 million. So I don't think that's necessarily going to drive anything. He also mentioned Mario Maker for 3DS. Another one that I personally don't think is going to be huge. I think it's going to do better than the other games, but I don't think it's going to be Pokemon scale. Uh, But there is one cool thing in it that almost is making me buy it. But I'm not going to pull a trigger. It's not worth $40, this feature, but metal challenges. So there's 100 brand-new stages, and then like in NES Remix... I oh know. did you see his trailer? It's only like a minute long. No. Nope. Like in NES Remix, in the stages, you will have certain challenges, like hold, never let go of right, never mm-hmm. jump. Only, hit, only kill Piranha Plants. Like, all these little things you have to do in order to get the medals in the stage. So it basically adds a ton of replay value and weird little quirky that is pretty things cool. like AS stream It makes. gives you
1: the reason to actually play it beyond, right? like, the first 10 minutes, and you're like, all right, well, that's cool. Exactly. So that almost, like, I, like I said, I don't think I'd pay 40 bucks for that. Like,
0: I don't know if I'm going to double dip on all Mario Maker just for this, which I think is what Nintendo's hoping people will do. But if it was, like, a $10 DLC thing for the Wii U version, like, six months from now, I'd buy it. Well, actually, six months
1: from now, I'd be obsessed with the Switch that I own. So I would mm-hmm. not. Good. Like that Mario Maker can't be done on an n huh? I guess it can. I mean, they made. I could do it on Switch. I mean, on Switch. Yeah, I mean, like Little Big Planet worked without uh, a touch screen because I mean, all you had was the controller. But it was so tedious. Like it definitely makes you not want to build anything.
0: Yeah, it's. I suspect that's why it's coming to 3ds Switch, and not Switch. While Splatoon and the like are going to Switch and not unless 3ds. They,
1: un- unless they. On the fact that, like, all right, well, if, when it's not docked, you could build levels. When it is docked, oh, you could play not, levels. Yeah, not gonna do that.
0: But, but no, because you still did, would need the dual screen thing, which you can't do. No, wouldn't. Oh, you mean with a pointer versus a? No, no, that's yeah, not. That's I, got it. You. When, when I you, thought you meant, I thought you meant like when you have it in portable up, mode, yeah. you
1: can build levels because you with have a touchscreen. Well, but then, can the use you...
0: pointer, in theory. Yeah. But that'd be a little cumbersome. No, I, I yeah. honestly think, like I said, I honestly think that's why I came to 3ds and has not been us for Switch is exactly that reason. But. Yeah, I don't know. If it was 10 bucks, I would do it, but I don't know if I'm going to buy a whole second copy of the game just for that. But, but yeah, outside of 3DS, um, just to quickly sum up the financials before we get to Pokemon. Outside of 3DS, Nintendo's basically banking on Anna's Classic Edition uh, to make a lot of that $4.5 And they also are banking on mobile. I mean, Kimmichina reconfirmed, like I think I said earlier, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, both on track before March. Mario Run's obviously going to be huge. And Mutomo, like I was saying, is, has a new mode coming as well. I don't think it's going to make him a ton of money, but it's there. So all in all, takeaway from financials is sales are going down. Profits just happen to coincidentally be going up due to factors that aren't quite theirs. But Pokemon Sun and Moon and the NES Classic Edition are the biggies this year. Pokemon Sun and Moon is probably the single biggest thing. And it seems like, to me at least, that there are even more people now than even just a few weeks ago who had an interest in Sun and Moon. Namely, you. Huh? You've done a one eighty on Sun Moon. What? I saw that tweet. Just explain yourself, Mister. I'm not gonna buy it at launch, but now you're buying it at launch. You saw nothing. No, I saw plenty. There's three tweets or two tweets. It's a multi tweet tweet. It's a tweet storm. <laughs> I saw the tweet storm. So, a bird. I know. So what? Uh, so what convinced you? What changed your mind? Because you are part of this big number Nintendo's betting on to make Pokemon Sun Moon their holiday hit. So what, what? why?
1: Uh, it was kind of like a... Um, it was a slow build. You could say my... Like, I either needed to see, like, a Pokemon that had a design that it's, that I instantly fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess they're kind of... Well, I mean, Oricorio, like, I really like those little birds, the dancing birds. Mm-hmm. Like, they're definitely... I would definitely say, like, they're my favorite new Pokemon. Um, also, they just have interesting mechanics. But I guess slowly over time, like, just, they just kept adding little tiny things, like, on top. And I guess this was... The last trailer was, um, how do they say, the straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah. So Usually that's a negative, but yeah. You just it's like when you then punch someone in the face. Are you punching into turning in the face? <laughs> What's the equivalent? No, you're,
0: you're good. Yeah, it's, it was a turning point, yeah.
1: Well, no, just, just give me a positive equivalent cause I'm uh,
0: Start talking, I'll figure one out.
1: All right. <laughs> so this is the one that just, like, teetered me over to the, all right, I'm getting it. Um, Tip the scales in in its favor. Yeah. Yeah, they've added just enough new stuff now that I'm finally like, all right, there's enough new stuff here for me to be interested, to buy it day one. And the first thing was the the typings of the starters. That, that was def- very interesting. That definitely caught me by surprise, especially um, Rowlett, like the one that I, the the starter that I would have picked anyway. Yeah, Rowlett becomes... Decidueye. Uh, yeah, Decidueye. And from the very beginning, it was already grass flying, and it's like, all right, well, other its typings, all right, I guess, move mm-hmm. on to the next one. But it ended up being grass ghost which is, is really cool also
0: he has a built-in hoodie attached to his body and he could pull his little drawstrings and close it in on his face which is adorable every form of him is adorable continue
1: i just find it weird how it's <laughs> like the first ghost that doesn't look any part of like a ghost yeah, yeah he's just like a mysterious looking i don't know he's like robin hoot
0: yeah but I mean, yeah he
1: basically is i mean, he has a bow and arrow he is robin hoot uh you should name him robin hoot when you get him nah it's too it's too, too on, on the, the nose, nose. Yeah, after have, have, have to be something very like roundabout and roundabout like I could call them like like Sterling. Uh, sure.
0: That's very, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh I well yeah, I, I I thought the type thing was interesting because in addition to um Decidueye being ghost and grass, there's also Lytton's final form, Incineroar, great name. Oh
1: yeah. I mean Dark and Fire. That that definitely seems also, like a he, that, that seems like a last minute because there were like like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a wrestler. He's a straight-up, he, he, they wanted to make him firefighting. I mean, honestly, what he looked like to me was a reject from that show Swat Cats
0: in the 90s. Oh. Like, it looked like he was, like, like someone's like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't be on Swat Cats. He's like, I'm just going to go bulk up, and I'm going to beat him up myself He could have literally
1: been a wrestler in that
0: universe. Yeah, he could have. He totally could have. But, um... And then, who was the last one? Oh, um, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> the water type papi- marine. No, no. What's the the base water type's name? Papillo, Paplio? Pop- papio. I can't. I can't remember.
1: Paplio?
0: Yeah, Paplio. Its final form, Primarina, yeah. which is a pretty clever Primadonna riff, uh, is water fairy. and fairy. Yeah. Which of the three, she looks the most like, or he looks the most like? It'd be those two specifically. Very
1: like elaborate yeah. and classy looking. That was cool. It's like another Marlotic. Yeah. Yeah, like those like elegant looking Pokemon. Yeah, and. What's also really interesting, or I guess another thing that I just realized, is that these starters are getting... Their signature moves just seem very, like, anti-meta. Just like... Mm -hmm. Like, they clearly, like, gave these moves, like, all right, we need more moves that can get around these giant tanks, because something that plagues a lot of competitive battles is just... That strategy is just, like, bulk up a giant Pokemon, make them so strong and defensive that the opponent can't really do anything. Right. And just slowly kill them with, like, poison. Because that's one of the... That's a popular strategy, and it's just frankly not that fun to battle against yeah it is kind of fun to use it's like a guilty pleasure kind of thing but i mean that's when cinder roar has that move that ignores all stat changes so you send them out bam like all they did all that build up for nothing right or deciduous where he could fire his bow and like trap the opponent from switching out i did not expect that's so cool when which is like up. which is like uh yeah it's just giving more pokemon access to those moves because before you would just have arena trap or um, I guess Shadowbind if I remember what it was called but like Wobbuffet has that ability where you send them out and then they can't switch out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's cool that they're making a usable one because no one really uses um, what's that mean look the one that pretty much prevents your Pokemon from switching out but, mm-hmm. or running away for that matter you know cool. what
0: I thought tip you know t- the scale for you tip the scale by the way is the phrase we were thinking of you know what I thought tip the scale for you with um, Sun and Moon in Persian and Doug Trio. one looks Uh-oh. like a Garfield character and the other is like, hey, let's give Doug Trio a wig. And both are great. And I thought that's what convinced you. I guess uh, I was wrong.
1: I'm not really a fan of the Alolans much. I, mean, I like Doug
0: Trio so much because it's like... They, they clearly like put the hair on and it's like, we could do more. <laughs> but it's kind of perfect. Let's just leave it. Like, it's so dumb that it's great. I love it. I love the Alolans. Like, like, I,
1: like, I don't dislike any of them. I just don't care for them. Just because... I mean... Pokemon you like is just the, the most objective thing you could think well, of. of. Course, yeah. So it's got like it. um, they just happened to pick first generation Pokemon that I don't care for. So, but they made
0: Persian look like Garfield who like got who held his breath too long or something. Like I he's wish all they, blue.
1: I mean, I kind of wish they made Persian's body kind of match his head because it just. He just <laughs> looks, makes it so good. Because he, so he looks weird. <laughs> he does.
0: He does. They at least don't he, 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 still he looks, like he looks proportioned. But, Persian looks like a cartoon from America that somehow got inserted into a Pokemon game. Doug Trio at least has a wig that you're like, okay, it's still a Pokemon design just with a wig. Yeah. But, like, Persian literally looks like it's from a Sunday morning comic. It's so out of place. Anyway, sorry, I think you were saying something else.
1: No, it's so pretty much like that kind of stuff. I mean, just with all the other Pokemon stuff added on top just made me tip over. Right, so I'm definitely looking forward to it but not looking forward to the frame rate because oh god
0: oh yeah yeah so that's when we get to the demo that's something interesting because I played on new 3DS and you played on regular DS and they were very different experiences but there is one thing I did want to comment on I think you're in agreement with this so when they announced the final starter evolutions they also announced some other stuff as they do every two weeks. And, you know, some of it's fine. Like, okay, yeah, well, the now there trees. are tor-
1: Wait, what? As they like, the, the battle tree. Like, the battle just- tree's...
0: No, well, that's kind of... Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that, they could spill that earlier. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's yeah. cool. No, that, That's fine. That was yeah. also
1: another thing that yeah. kind of, like, got me excited. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You cool. want to talk about that? Bit. But they could have just left it at that. They're like, oh... They're, they, they did say, like, oh, we might have, like, some special guests appearing. And then they tell you those special guests yeah like, like really? they just went like hey look we have you could have just said that and not shown anything yeah yeah like i think it's
0: cool there like here's the bow tree all these trainers you previously fought as you do your island challenges now fight alongside you in double battles That's kind of unique they've never done that before or hey here are the like uh the um island guardian pokemon there's four of them they play a big role in something i don't know they all share a z move that looks kind of neat and there's like a weird hand punching a fist. i don't know what's going on with that but yeah, then they show the bow tree, and then you're like, cool. And then they show the 20th anniversary hook of Pokemon Sun and Moon, which is, I don't even know if I want to say it if people don't know. It seems like such a spoiler. But some classic characters come back, and they're all Hawaii'd out, and they look cool, and it's like, why would you reveal that? That's literally the last thing in the game, I'm sure. And they're apparently 30. And they're 30, which is fitting, because <laughs> they were 10 in the first one. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> fitting. Have you seen that Pokemon commercial where it's like, We evolved too. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's so good. So for those who haven't seen it, real quick, it's an ad where it's a kid playing Pokemon. Like, look at his Pokemon cards. He's like, you know, he's ten at the peak of Pokemon. He has his own custom binder. It's literally my life. And then he grows up. They cut ahead to him growing up. He's working in an office. He has like pay for things with a credit card. And he walks past a Pokemon store display, and he sees Pokemon Sun and Moon, and he's just looking at it for a And he just smiles. And all it says is, and it's all set to like like, melodramatic music. And it just says like, "You evolved, so did we." pokemon it's like oh my god it's so true but anyway
1: yeah yeah it's kind of wish they had kept it kind of like um, a secret yeah because i mean some secrets like that they kept in previous games like in in gold and silver like i just thought that was so awesome that like that kanto I, I, was just there well not, not only that but like after you beat kanto like um you go to the mountain then you fight like red like oh yeah just, i forgot that like yeah. he's like he's like a hidden boss like that is yeah. just like one of the coolest things ever like i wish they would just keep these kinds of things a secret I didn't even know Kanto was going to be in it until I got there. Yeah.
0: That was such... I was like, wait, what? Like, there's a whole second game, basically? Yeah. It was so cool. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer
1: they spoiled that.
0: But, but at least to make it up to us, they gave us the demo.
1: I imagine they pull the same thing against Sun the moon. Maybe that's another secret that they just haven't said anything. I definitely thought you said <laughs> Sailor Moon, and I was very confused. <laughs> maybe though, but that—that'd be cool. Maybe, maybe that's
0: the real final boss because there's no Elite Four according yeah, maybe, to the maybe. Maybe
1: maybe you go to Kanto and you be and neat. you fight their gyms and their Elite yeah, Four. That that'd actually because really I mean, cool. four islands. They honestly don't look that big. No, so I mean, they could could fit a whole other region. Yeah, I mean, the twenty, the anniversary.
0: They gotta go big. Go big or go home, Pokemon. Yeah. Go big or go home. But they did I mean for everything they did wrong by revealing that secret, they did give us a demo a week prior, and we did play it and we should talk about it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately I mean I guess for better or worse, um
0: well, So you seem you-, you seem discontent with the demo. I was happy with the demo, but oh. you had issues, so why don't you go through the negatives?
1: Um Or well no, just
0: talk about it. I don't mean I'd say like only focus on the negative, but like I mean we had very different impressions of it when we walked away from it, I feel like.
1: Well, I mean, some of my impressions are like, I it was very expected. Like, I knew exactly what I was getting into when I played the demo. It Was literally just like, I and mean, just keep in mind, like when I play Pokemon, I just want to play competitively, just um capture hey, my like, battle hound, like pa- like find these Pokemon, make the perfect team, find out which ones I like, blah blah blah. So I've yet to really care about any kind of story for the most part. Like, I do like um find the gyms because I do like these battle encounters. I like. Fighting challenging NPCs. Which, of course, are now gone. But... In favor of towing Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, which is fine, too. Like, I mean... Yeah. Fighting Pokemon with, like, crazy stat boosts that are abnormal, like, just adds another layer of challenge, which is cool. But, I don't know. I guess I... I still see everything as just as fluff. It's just like, oh, God, just keep pressing the A, keep pressing the A. Like, skip to this, get to this. Get to the battles. already yeah. know I could beat you because, like, these, like, regular grunts always suck. So, you just... It just felt... I don't know. I can't really... I guess play Pokemon story modes. I just blow through the dome.
0: Yeah, see for me, it's, I like the whole holistic all of it experience. Like like to me, so, it's, it's
1: all very. It just feels like wrapping. It's like I just want to get it out of the way. Like yeah. I don't like I could care less that it's like in Alola. Like I could appreciate all the designs and stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm just gonna You're in it for the bow. I'm cares. just like, where's the Pokemon Center? Where's the Wi-Fi room? That's all I need to know. Yeah, see for me, it's the whole package. So
0: when the demo came out. I took it in. I wasn't just like, oh, I'm getting to this stuff just to see what Bowser are like. I was like, everything about it. I was like, kind of like making mental notes, like, oh, this is neat, or this is different, or this is cool. So, like, for me, it was interesting for me because I went into it expecting normal Pokemon. And what I got, I mean, I knew there were changes, but I didn't think they'd be that noticeably drastic. And what I got, like, reminded me more of Pokemon Coliseum or Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, which is totally fine by me because I Beatles games? am a little tired of the normal Pokemon formula a bit like we had a whole episode a long time ago about like pokemon fatigue and while it's gone to some extent i have not played the new versions as much as i played the old versions and i think part of that's the repetition so having this slightly different experience was really refreshing kind of and also like the game does look good like the graphics are really like not it looked very lush like it looks noticeably better than um uh x and y did it, even the graphics, like the struct, like the the way the people look, remind me more of Coliseum, which was like the, like actual full bodies, not weird little squished little avatar guys. So, all that immediately, I'm just like, oh, well, this is different. And then as I'm playing through it, is now to be clear, the demo is very linear, more linear than a real Pokemon game ever will be. Um, in that, like, oh, here's Team Skull. Oh, you're going to the Pokemon Center. Oh, you're finding, you're doing a trial, and you're finding the totem of a. Uh, Hakamoto and
1: then
0: Yeah, and oh no, now there's a fight with the team Skull Admin and uh oh oh darn, look, oh look at that you're losing, but oh wait, no, there's Pikachu with you and you have the Z move. Oh you gotta do the Z move, you gotta see the cool animation. Like it's so linear. But then they left out so many things in that part. Like so when you beat the demo you can go back and do other stuff. And they left out the like the Pokemon writing and all sorts of stuff that was like you're thinking the crazy linear thing that was so streamlined, they put every new feature, writing Pokemon everything, and they didn't. So after the initial demo, after that initial linear path, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go poke around a little. And then it felt more like a Pokemon game that I was expecting. But it still had kind of Colosseum vibe, which I was cool with. And it's different. I like, the trial thing's interesting. I think it has potential, but I think they demoed it not so great. In that they did the Pokefinder. And with the Pokefinder, for those who don't know, it's like a little mini Pokemon Snap situation, kind of. Where you have a viewfinder and you have to photograph a Pokemon... That's hiding in a cave or whatever. And that's the one part of the game that's actually 3D. And there is depth. Yeah, which I don't is really some the sequences. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I think they demoed it poorly because once was cool, twice was eh. Four of them, no. It made the entire experience... It made me worry that what's going to happen with Sun and Moon... Is Well, one, this was not Pokemon Snap 2, like I was hoping. It was way simpler and way less and fun. There's no exploration to There's it. There's no exploration.
1: It's just, is it you hear a noise? Oh, and, there yeah, it you is. you walk
0: up, you press A at a spot. It's like, yup, you heard a noise. You want to look? And then you look, and then you hit A again to take the picture, and that's it. There's no baiting Pokemon out with apples. There's nothing like what Snap does. Now, they never promised there was. I just assumed there was, so my bad. But it was very... It really felt like a side quest, more than a main component of a game. And I'm worried that what is going to happen here is that we're going to get a bunch of side quests shoehorned into the main story, the main progression, and that's going to be what Sun and Moon is. It's an endless string of side quests that are a few too many per side quest. Because, like, literally, the Pokefinder was four. They could have done two or made it more interesting if they are going to four, but it's was four of the exact same
1: thing. Oh, and then, like, take the picture, battle that Pokemon, take the picture, yeah, battle that Pokemon. exactly. It, it felt... It felt like a side quest. Honestly, like... Uh, it... it and... It's no different than just, like, fighting those trainers right before you fight a gym leader. It's, except, I don't know, it's funny, this felt more tedious. Well,
0: because the trainer, <laughs> No, you know why? Because when you fight the trainers before the gym leader, you're going in, and you're like, I'm working my way up to the gym leader, and each trainer I fight has different Pokemon, and they do different yeah, things, and, so- and, and you sometimes have to go, then get healed and come back. This was very, like, what's Hakamoa's previous form, the one you're taking the photos of? Uh, Dual dongo sure whatever it is. Yeah. this is like oh dongo a, yeah dongo or... here's spaghettio over here and i'm taking a picture of him and now i'm bowing him oh and you go find another spaghettio okay here's another spaghettio i'm doing the exact same thing the exact same bow the exact same stats because he's the same level like they don't progress
1: yeah and in some there's cases no i mean
0: the third actually the last one was a little more powerful but it's just like it just felt repetitive the yeah. trainers don't because there's variety when you're in a gym
1: and in some cases on certain gyms you can actually like Skip around those trainers. Like they sometimes exactly. they yeah. Sometimes they design it so that you could go around the gyms. Become puzzles in and of, of themselves. Yeah. And that's
0: what was missing here. There's no puzzle element. It's just like you go to a spot, you press A, and it tells you yes or no. And I then, mean, like, literally that, is like this is. The I mean, I guess that was the
1: first, not. or um, presumably, like the first few gyms are probably going to be like that. Maybe they'll get more interesting down the line. That's I'm hoping that's the case. But, I'm hoping it gets more
0: varied because everything else in the demo was great. I thought the new battle setup was really cool. Like it's full animations, like the old like you used to have to play Stadium or Coliseum for that. But it's especially the Z moves that really. Impressed me with the animations but like they're fully in there it's like the dynamic swooping camera angles you got the cool little thing so on the bottom screen you have all your stats and whatnot and then based on what you do in the battle start telling you which moves are most effective and least effective and you have like against that specific pokemon and it has a little icon you can tap to learn about the move and stuff like it's very the new ui is really nice yeah they did have... a really good job and the graphics look great in the battles i think um... them turning off 3d was actually a smart move because i mean i thought like, like the up.
1: When it's a uh, one Pokemon versus one Pokemon, it it moves fine most of the time. Like every once in a while, you get like very minor like slowdown. Yeah. But then when you went to the totem battle, and it was like two on two, and yeah, that's when it looked. See, on my bad. new 3ds
0: XL, on my new Nintendo 3ds XL, um, it was well, fine. I had no slowdown. That yeah. I not enough. Well, I rephrase. I might have had some, but it was nowhere near enough for me to make any mental note of it. Like I have no recollection of there being slowdown. There might have been, but. But yeah, I imagine on original 3ds, I mean, especially
1: they, in the Pokey Finder series, really, like, those are
0: those are pretty bad. Because yeah, they too... I mean, Game Freak really enhanced the graphics compared to X and Y. I think you'd agree with that, right? Like it's like a whole. It looked like a totally the different the overworld, engine.
1: yes, the yes. When 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 you're battling, they look identical. Oh, I meant the overworld, yeah. But so I mean, you, I guess they made it so that now you can see the trainers that you're battling. Yeah, for better. I but mean. like like overall, they really tried to up
0: the look of the game, and I think I think it might have hurt on regular 3DS to do that. Yeah. Like, you, that's why they turned off the 3DS that's the was kinda tem- and that's that. was kind of power. That's
1: supposed it was kind of tempting for me to get the... Oh, yeah. Get a new 3DS just because, like, if I'm going to be playing this game, like, for a long time, as I usually do with Pokemon games, like, my Diamond has, like, I think over 800 hours in it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And... And, and imagine if it was slow... If there was slowdown, that would have been
0: 1,200 and,
1: hours. Yeah, And and, <laughs> X, and my X version has almost 800. It almost caught up to it. Yeah. But, yeah... I actually messed out the counter on the X and Y, but it's definitely less than that, because you have to leave the 3DS on mm, sometimes. Right, so get right. some catching shenanigans, but...
0: But yeah, um, Pokéfinder thing aside, I was really happy with that demo. Like, I didn't have the slowdown issue, so I, I have a slightly different angle on it. And I'm not in it for just the battle. So for me, like, that, this reconfirmed that this is the one to jump back in. Like, the fact that it was different enough that I was actually able to say it reminds me not of a mainline Pokémon game, but kind of of other Pokémon games, but still being mainline.
1: That's funny, because... Like, that every, says a lot to me. Because everything I experience right now almost feels points for me to have experience to as to we deciding whether I like this game or not because everything should go the other
0: way for you yeah
1: yeah because like everything all, <laughs> all, all that has to be told to me is like oh how many new Pokemon do we have yeah. what, what are the new types what does it add to the battle and that, that's yeah. pretty much all that needs to sell that on me so playing it doesn't actually right confirm I mean the only right. thing I mean there were some cool touches where um, anytime you attack a Pokemon it remembers what move you use, so the next time you battle a similar Pokemon, I mean the same Pokemon, it'll tell you whether that whether that move is effective levels. The yeah, other- whether it's effect-
0: super effective or not very. Yeah, effective. That, I thought that was really neat, and I didn't know if that was just in the demo or permanent. But I guess it is a permanent feature because I was like, oh, maybe they're making it like dumbing it down for the demo. But yeah. if that's a real thing, that's actually really helpful because there's so many types now, like. Obviously, if you know your Pokemon, you know your types. It's no big deal to be like, "Oh, right, this, yeah, guy's, but, but, this guy's fairy. This guy's fairy water. I know how to fight him." Yeah, but, but the like, first
1: time you encounter like a new Pokemon, exactly that's actually kind of one a few things that um I do like to do from time to time. Like, I'll try to. The only time that I like to enjoy the campaign is when I try to do those. Um, you set the difficulty by yourself, kind of like the whole Nuzlocke challenge thing. Yeah. Um, like, I'll try to do... I'll just try to beat the game with one Pokemon. Or, like, with very minimal Pokemon. Like j- with just a starter. Right, right. Like, like, I did that with Sapphire. Like, I literally just beat it with just Sceptile. And there were some battles that were obviously really hard. Because I just have grass and, like, ground moves. And nothing to beat, like, steel types or something. Yeah, yeah. But... So, I might do that in this one. I don't know. We'll see. But... But I, I think, if nothing else, just reconfirm
0: that it. I'm excited for it, the demo. Yeah. So... Now, we did promise last episode that we were also going to talk about something I've been playing called Paper Mario Color Splash. But we are at 2 hours and 20 minutes because the Switch happened. So, blame Nintendo. I'm going to save those impressions for next episode uh, because of the Switch. So, um, I guess that does it for this episode, huh? So, Mm -hmm. thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Just the next episode we should... In addition to not having Color Splash, you also may have noticed, if you're a keen-eyed fan of Ram Nintendo, that this episode is going up a day late. And we are aware. So next episode, we should, barring anything unforeseen, be back on track, which means we'll be on Sunday, November 13th, with those Paper Mario Color Splash impressions, plus a look at any news that comes out of the investor briefing Q&A that um, the transcript is not up yet for, so I can't talk about when we talk about financials. But sometimes they allude to things or talk about things in there, so it might be worth, you know, exploring that next episode. And of course, we'll have all the latest news and maybe some other impressions, other things. The NES Classic comes out that weekend. I don't think we'll have enough time to give good impressions or even be able to find it because there's no pre-orders still. But if we get one and we have time, we'll have impressions then and if not, two weeks after. So, point being, we're entering the holiday period. That means there's a lot more impressions coming around the show. Plus, of course, the latest news and Switch rumors and whatnot. So, we will be back, like I said, in two weeks' time. To make sure you don't miss it, uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at RamNintendo. You can follow, follow me and Angel individually on Twitter if you'd like. I am JSR7. He is... Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O and um, just to put an end cap on it it's not very often Nintendo puts out a new system, but here we are we we had an episode about a new Nintendo system, that's kind of a rare treat so soak it in, listen to it a second time, jump to the part where like, I get really giddy about games of services, you know, really be a sponge and let our words be the water you absorb we'll see you in two weeks not out here